Welcome to Patch Notes. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hagelbun on Twitter, and I'm here as always with Mr. John uh, Cryon BJB uh, Angry Bird Bernhard. Um, happy to uh, be here. No, happy to angry, have Sorry, you. angry to be here. Angry to be angry. here. That's the brand. <laughs> I, was, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule of watching the Orioles in the playoffs, too. Oh, yeah, here. yeah. That's what this red team is, right? The one with the uh, SCL on there. One hands. has to assume that one yeah. of those red teams is the Orioles. Um uh, the, the one winning for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. That's what they do. <laughs> uh, so we're here actually on our first news week for for quite a while. Um, I think we actually have some some stuff going on. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is one way to put what's going on in the world of gaming yeah, right now. Stuff. It's not exactly gaming news, I would say. It's, oh, I mean, yeah, it right. is. Should we lead it, with this? I mean, it's going to hang over the episode. Okay. Yeah. Sure. It. So uh, you start. Why don't you? Why don't all right, you? So this actually started with basketball of all things um <laughs> mr daryl moray mr uh, daryl moray the general manager of the houston rockets uh Sam was, too. was foolish enough to post a meme to his public twitter account uh, where he notes that he is the general manager of the houston rockets uh, supporting a free hong kong uh, it is unclear, of course, what free Hong Kong means to daryl moray it's kind of unclear what it means to anybody over here in the west um and he immediately got uh, yelled at, it got taken down, uh, the Chinese government responded, the Chinese Basketball Federation suspended or canceled a bunch of deals the Houston Rockets had, because the Rockets, of course, are one of the huge investors that, that the NBA has in Chinese basketball. Uh, basketball has is a large growth market over there. Um, it is yeah. becoming a, it is rapidly becoming a huge cash cow for the NBA. Um, Moray was forced to apologize. Um, his owner apologized. There's a, a, I believe a Taiwanese American owner, um, who was, who like did damage control between, um, the relevant basketball entities in China and the NBA. Um, it's been very confused messaging because this then became a free speech issue, which, uh, it technically is, but I mean... Uh, and we'll get to this with all right. Well, let's put aside Mori for now because something then very similar happened. I'm just letting it, you do this whole thing. Yeah, it's fun it, to listen to someone actually do it because it's because it spilled over almost immediately into gaming, uh, specifically Blizzard. Blizzard Activision yeah. is also huge in the Chinese market, uh, specifically Hearthstone and other competitive you know ventures like that. But it's, I think it's really Hearthstone that's the big one uh, for the Chinese market. Um, I don't think anyone's really big on StarCraft too anymore. Yeah, and, I mean, wow, and, wow, and was World an, of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, um, wow is enormous over there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's just like, well, I mean, and that's like to the point that the like the World of Warcraft movie uh, or the Warcraft movie, excuse me, um, mm-hmm. that we've covered so often on the show um, is actually like I think in many ways basically made uh, for that audience, yeah, and was made because they knew that the Chinese market would pay for it. Uh, and, and, they, and it might even get a sequel. Did. I mean, it might even get a sequel, despite being a massive critical and commercial flop on this side of the. Uh, I've heard Pacific. it won't, but I sure hope it does. Yeah, that would be great. Um, um, but yeah, we love so that. we love the movie here. 
So but the yeah, current, no, I mean that's to do, that's a that's a massive massive market for Blizzard. Yeah, the current to do is about Hearthstone, um, and it's spilled over to all the other Blizzard products. Uh, a um, H, yeah, I want to get his his handle correct. Um, uh, the the uh, a a Hearthstone player. Um, who was Hong Kong based? Uh, he was okay. a professional uh, named Chung Niwai, I believe is how it's pronounced. Um, okay. And his handle is Blitz Chung. Uh, decided to use his Good post handle. game, his post game uh, match, you know, interview, let's say, with the official casters to say, uh, liberate Hong Kong, revolution of our times at this point, uh, or slightly before actually, the casters themselves ducked below the table in order to um, literally physically not be on camera when he said this. But they were fired as well because it was like kind of obvious they knew what was about to happen. Okay. Uh, and didn't, okay. And I guess Blizzard felt that it was irresponsible of them not to step in and you know refuse to let him do this uh, and mess with their wallet that way. Um, so uh, Blitz Chung has been ba- was banned for a year. The ban was then lessened to six months, but the, the way the structure for the, these things work, banning you from the Grand Master circuit is like a lifetime ban. Because uh, what happens really? is each, each region has only, only has a certain number of slots. Um, and only two, like there's 20 slots, I think, for each region, including the one he's in, and only two of those slots rotate each year through like relegation. Okay. So there's so each year there's only like two people out of all the competitors that get to move up into the Grand Master circuit. So once you're there, as long as you perform well, you never leave. But if you do leave, the road to get back there is insane. Because yeah, so he, look at how I mean, many people the, you're competing with. The chances of him coming back are almost nil. Yeah, especially after six months off. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it, it sounds like maybe they cut. It, it sounds you know like they've lessened the blow, and, and you know. Leagues do this often. I remember when I rooted for uh, when I rooted for when I covered the Orioles in 2012. And when you rooted for them, yeah, um, they signed uh, this kid named I think mean, I think his name was Sungmin Park. Oh yes, I do remember this. Um, let me get let me get his name. Sungmin Kim. Sorry, uh, my apologies. Uh, they signed a 17 year old named Sungmin Kim. Uh, out of the Korean baseball organization, uh, illegally. Well, not illegally. KBO. In um, contravention of the established rules for posting and getting permission to do so. Uh, they agreed to a contract. The KBO came down hard. They, uh, ban- they banned the Orioles from scouting South Korean amateur leagues and professional leagues uh, indefinitely, a ban they'd lift two years later. And they banned mm-hmm. Kim for life. But they didn't really ban him for life. Like, Two or three uh, after the Orioles were allowed back in, they waited another eighteen months and then quietly reinstated uh, Kim. So it, 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 the Orioles are kind of uh, not the Orioles. MLB is sort of the exception here. Um, you know, when they lifetime ban players like uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson and Pete Rose for the gambling right. stuff, and that is like a severe lifetime ban, never That's coming back. That's a real back. ban. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Those are the exception in the sporting bans, not the rule. Uh, even even owners and MLB don't get banned for life. Like George Steinbrenner was supposed to be banned for life. Uh, and, you know, and they, they walked that back eventually. Well, and I mean, you know, look at look at like other sports, like the NFL with Greg Williams yep. or 
you know, I mean, this, these, the band, these bands are not. I mean, Donald Sterling is certainly banned for life. He will yeah. never be. Well, I mean, back, being, uh, being forcing, being forced to sell the team is different, and in many ways more severe than a band. Yeah, true. Fair enough. Um, and you know, and still, he got like a billion dollars for his trouble. Uh, <laughs> just, just had to be racist, incredibly racist, constantly around recording devices. Um, so that's how it works. Huh? So yeah. So never mind. Blizzard, I'm thinking about something. Yeah. So Blizzard um so Blizzard banned him for first for a year and then for 6 months and also took away his prize money. Um this is like this is a catch-all clause they have in their terms and conditions for uh if you do something stupid politically that makes us embarrassed, we will do this mm. to you. And that is what they've done. Um wow. and of course and this prompted a backlash because this is seen as a freedom of speech issue. Um, yeah, and I've seen I've seen some of the backlash. What's fascinating about it is that there is a uh, a boycott Blizzard uh, backlash, mm-hmm. um, and people are having uh, a fairly hard time deleting their Blizzard accounts. Yes, all this of a is sudden, very funny. Um, uh, they've just some for, for some crazy reason. The confirm um, buttons all have all gone missing. Yeah, it's very weird. Who who could have guessed? Uh, So basically, yeah, what Blizzard's player here is right now is just they're just going to hope everything calms down and people forget about this, which um, no one ever really lost money uh, underestimating the attention span of gamers. There's always going to be something new. Um, This doesn't seem like real activism on the um, the part of most of these Western gamers, but putting aside what's actually going on in Hong Kong, obviously that is a very complicated subject with some very real grievances going on over there. But like the yeah, people over I mean, here. Can, it's a tricky one because it's like, um, you know, obviously uh, you, you're talking about national sovereignty, which is mm-hmm. generally a good thing. And then, but you're also talking about sort of, moneyed interests being behind the Hong Kong side of it, and then the repressive uh, nature of uh, some of the the Communist uh, Party of China, and it's like, I, you know, finding a way to come down on the correct side on that one is, um, I, you know, good luck. I feel there is a correct side, I don't feel like we need to get into it. Um, ah well, off there. <laughs> All right, I've, there. But I've stopped the recording. Please <laughs> tell me what the correct side is. Yes. No. Um. We're go- so just looking at what's happening in the West. Like you know, it's very easy to throw a hashtag on something. It's very easy to cancel an account. I mean, it's not like like were you how, how much were you really invested in Hearthstone anyway? That that was the joke. Mm-hmm. Like, um, someone posting about I've had to cancel a game I love to uh, to show my disapproval of blizzard's actions and someone responding wait but you just canceled hearthstone yeah. um did you really were you really that was yeah. it really that hard at yeah the, in 2019 um, to cancel, the game that was already on life support so in the competitive scene yeah so like uh, the real thing is and, and bamani jones said this on um um the, his and pablo torre's show uh high noon i believe on espn uh about the rockets which was the hypocrisy here started when they started doing business over mm-hmm. in China. Like when yeah. they signed yeah. on to make this money, to make these dollars. That's when that's when this moral compromise happened. It didn't happen when Daryl Morey got disciplined. It didn't happen when Blizzard, you know, told you know, quote unquote deplatformed this guy. The moral choice to engage with the People's Republic of China because you wanted their money happened when you started doing business over there. 
Uh, and this has affected every business that's gone over there from Google to the movies to every entertainment industry. Because there's only one moral good in capitalism, regardless of what you think about the communists over there. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, China's seen what happens to a communist state that doesn't open itself up to the Western market. Yes, that is um, absolutely true. And I mean, yeah, I, that, that's that's the other thing, right? Like, I I'm I'm very much of a uh, I'm very much of the mind that China is you know capitalism with Chinese uh, elements, but at the same point, you're 100 percent correct. Um, it's not as if communist countries that don't open up their doors to to capitalism uh, do very well. Um, even you know the 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 shining example of Cuba is not mm. particularly um, you know it's it, it suffered for its uh, it suffered with boycotts. It suffered assassination attempts. It's a, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I'm sorry, not boycotts, embargoes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was yeah, specifically so, a punishment to stop them yeah. from and, – and what they're doing now is you know, empowering their, their – a growing liberal class in Cuba and we'll see what happens to Cuban communism as that continues to mm -hmm. occur or doesn't because Donald Trump might just go insane and embargo them again tomorrow. We don't know what that guy's up to. Um, he's certainly been well, making guy, sounds about it. Um, guy rocks. He, he, he knows all the uh, Fox hosts. Yeah. I mean currently mm -hmm. he's busy um, – allowing Turkey to genocide the Kurds, so maybe Cuba's safe for a week or two. Um, oh, God. Let's talk about something else. Yeah. Uh, but yes, <laughs> so this this is going to keep on happening, this contradiction. Um, and I don't really feel like it's – like you're never going to get a satisfactory answer here. Blizzard's never going to say – I mean, there was like – there was a walkout um, at the Blizzard offices um, Yeah, it's 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 impacted um, their employees. It's imp I mean, it's it's – Mainstream news at this point, yep. uh, and and you know NBA and video game news are not exactly uh, typical mainstream news fare. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, NBA and video games have been coming closer together with the esports scene. A lot of mm -hmm. these yeah. NBA teams are investing in that, so there is there is a connection here at, at some point. Both because both things are very heavily geared towards the emerging Chinese market, and where a huge amount of money is being spent by young men. Uh, young women as well, but it's mostly oriented at a male demographic. Um, and so this is going to continue to happen. Uh, a bunch of some employees walked out of Blizzard um, and spent the rest of the day uh, protesting around. Apparently, they have an orc statue on the campus, like a statue of a giant orc. So they, they yeah, I saw that. I, a friend of mine said, uh, "Yeah, just protesting, uh, protesting free speech rights in front of the uh, in front of the racial science statue." Yeah. Um, which it, I laughed. I I thought was correct. It was yeah. a fair observation. And uh, so I, it's interesting to see how long this is going to go. Obviously, um, it has the potential to go until the Hong Kong situation resolves itself one way or another in a I don't want to say it's decisive, but a like a a inflection point sort of way. Either uh, the government is the over the current people in power in Hong Kong are replaced by the central government. Or troops roll in, or elections happen, and, and you know rent control is imposed, um, and because a lot of the core complaints here about, uh, which may sound familiar to people also on on this <laughs> side of the water, are about uh, exorbitant renting costs for uh, younger people and students. Hmm. Um, so I, mean, I can't I can't relate. Assuming any, assuming something eventually is going to have to happen because eventually, like, poli like uh, 
politics and history is like 99% of nothing happening. And obviously, there's much better, quippier aphorisms about this, about, you know, centuries passing and then a century happening in a day or something. But I've never, I've never heard a, I've never, ever heard a more uh, quippy version of this. I, you know, you're fine. So, like, you know, eventually something's going to happen and this will change. This situation will change. But until then, I don't, like, fundamentally see Blizzard or the NBA or anyone doing anything but paying a bunch of PR firms to just spin their asses off. Um, because they're not going to yeah. stop making money. That's, you know, that would be, in many senses, illegal. It would be going against the fiduciary, their fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders. Um, so, you know, this situation is where this situation is. I think I'm 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 of the mindset of, and I we, we've been wishy-washy on the politics here, but I also think it's really important that we're, you know, careful and, and circumspect. I'm happy that we're being careful and circumspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm of the the mindset of Steve Kerr, the um, the coach of the um, head coach of the Golden State Warriors, um, who basically was like, "Hey, look, like, um, uh, I don't like, I don't like." what's happening in Hong. I mean, I, this isn't the part, but he basically said like, I don't like what's happening in Kong, Hong Kong. But then again, like there's a million things I don't like about the United States. And I don't mm-hmm. like, you know, it doesn't mean that I hate the United States. He says, but like, it does mean that I hate the things the United States is doing. And like, I have to grapple with that every day. And I think like, you know, regardless on where you fall on the Hong Kong thing, or still loving the United States. Uh, those would be the two, <laughs> Uh, most controversial things I think for us that Kerr said um, the, the, the point he makes about like, yeah, look like um, if you think this is the first time I had to uh, worry about compromising my ethics to do my job, like, you know, think again, that's kind of where I fall on it. Where like mm-hmm. the most interesting thing about this story is that it is, it, it is introducing a, a thing in both gaming and sports that is impossible to avoid uh, the implications of like, you can't, you can't not see the politics of this issue. Even if the polit like the, the correct political stance is unclear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's impossible not to see the workings of money and state politics and, you know, local influence versus outsized, uh, you know, corporate influence. And, and it's like, it's maybe the first time I've ever seen it where like it is impossible to deny that this is like a profoundly political thing and that's what's driving action as opposed to just simply profit. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's the thing about capitalism is it wants to align those two things as much as possible. Yeah. But then also uh, disavow the alignment. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Like that's, that's the whole, that's the whole point of neoliberalism to say like, and I mean, I, 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 risk using that word since it's been so so badly misused oh well, fuck it all right okay we can we can but, tiptoe around the chinese but fuck the neoliberals let's just you know talk about them <laughs> well i'm not i'm not worried about that i'm worried about the term yeah no one's no one's careful uh but the the term the term that the the reason i say it is because neoliberalism basically just wants you to make every political move an economic move, but then also to Atomize deny it. that you're doing it. I mean, everything is like, everything is its own thing. It's never connected mm-hmm. to other things. They never relate yeah, to each right. other. Um, exactly. It, so, like, I mean, th- it, it, in that way, um, this is a profoundly non-neoliberal moment in that, like, mm-hmm. literally someone saying, like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, uh, you know, 
it's not okay what Adam Silver said because um, not because like I don't think that's what a a profitable franchise does, which is how uh, you know Disney and uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, frame it, but China literally just coming and saying no, 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 like it's not okay what Adam Silver said about freedom of speech because um, that doesn't really help our politics, and it's just like that's so unique in the American news cycle these days that mm-hmm. I think it's kind of an important moment. Yeah. I, it's funny. I got a uh, email. I made a couple tweets about uh, the NBA and the Blizzard situations when they were popping off originally on Twitter. Okay. Um, one of which was being that uh, like James Harden, the rocket star, actually like took it upon himself. I'm not sure who put him up to this, but like personally apologized to <laughs> China for Maury's <laughs> comment. And it's like, man, no. You you don't need to be falling on this sword. This isn't you. Like your people need to tell you not to do that. Like that is that is not a, like a, a a well you want to fall into. Um, that but, seems like a a very non James Harden thing to do. Yeah, yeah like he, and he didn't sound like particularly comfortable because I listened to the audio of it, he didn't sound particularly comfortable while he was I, giving this apology for his general general manager's meme tweet. Listen, I would also not be comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, I got this email from a, uh, a reporter, a producer, I believe, for Fox 5. Uh, I, I guess it's it's Fox, the New York Fox station. I think it's 5. Okay. I'm not sure what it is up there. And they uh, asked, offered you a gig. They wanted me to have me on to uh, talk about the, the situation with the NBA and China and Blizzard. And I politely informed them that under no circumstances would I be attaching my professional reputation as a journalist to the China issue without – years <laughs> of study and you know and no i mean you're absolutely like, correct like i think like i'm like, willing to do this podcast and tiptoe around it and talk about how we ourselves at, here in america are reacting to it but no you are not getting me on the television talking about the you know the basics of the hong kong dispute in in and how it's centered in chinese history that will not be happening <laughs> Yeah, that that uh, that's smart of you. Yeah. Um, especially on the local Fox Five. Yeah, especially if I'm not getting paid. What the fuck? Like, yeah, I, like right. those those hits never pay. Um, no, of course not. So that's for exposure for only. For exposure my only. He wanted me to Skype in. They wanted to put me on TV on a Skype. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I thanked him for the opportunity, and, and frankly, I, I like getting those opportunities from time to time. But I'm a I'm a recluse, so I don't actually ever take them up but i'm still like there's two things i'm not getting on tv to discuss and it's china and israel not doing those um yeah i can understand why you would be concerned professionally for both of them yeah again the reason why this is so interesting is that in a in a in a moment of truly uncharacteristic peak um daryl moray uh i I have no idea what that man was was thinking i mean maybe he was thinking i want to get fired like, because that relationship maybe. between him and uh, Fertitta or whatever the whatever the owner's name is is pretty bad, and the owner has intimated r- multiple times, I think, since the last flame out in the playoffs they had, that he's like thinking about making a change. So maybe Moray just wanted to uh, see what would happen, and I assume what happened was he got yelled at and told, "No, I'm not going to fire you and give you what you want." Um, so that's an exciting, an exciting turn of events. But yeah. I do feel bad for. Uh, for that Hearthstone player, mm-hmm. uh, I think that is uh, very unfair. Um, and I mean, he's uh, he, he, the writing's on the wall. He's probably gonna have to move on to a new game anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Just because no, of that's where true. Hearthstone's I mean, at least, going. It's, at least it's like losing out on Hearthstone, which is a uh, 
a dead game walking. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, there's other video game news this there week. Is. I want to go and I want to take the, the sort of like the move from the sublime to the absurd here mm-hmm. and, uh, and discuss, um, negative latency. Yes. Predictive uh, analytics. Uh, Calvinism so, for video games. <laughs> so I don't know if you've heard this before, but uh, it can be really hard. Maybe you've seen a manga mm-hmm. page about it. It can be really hard to game yep. um, from across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the easiest thing in the world. And in fact, across continents is even harder. Um, you you have, it's like, it's actually quite hard to replicate the feeling of playing, say, a fighting game with someone mm-hmm. over net play. Yeah. Um, quite hard, uh, a, a problem that many people have been trying to work out for quite a while. And it's just, um, it's one of these problems that it's like, the reason that you can't solve it is because in a very real sense, physics doesn't allow you to solve it. But what if it did? Yeah. Yeah. What if, it uh, did? what if it did, um, what if you had negative latency? And in fact, it wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't harder it wasn't that it was harder to um, to play mm-hmm. uh, in net play, but actually harder to play in local because net play just knew what you were going to do before you even did it. Yep. Uh, that's what Google is promising us with Stadia when uh, people got the um, people got the absolutely uh, reasonable concern that. Uh, we were going to uh, miss out on um, on uh, fun networked video games uh, because they were impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google Stadia said, "No, no, 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 no! Like you're going to get to play your free Assassin's Creed. It's going to be great because while we are streaming the game, and that seems like a technical nightmare, we will know what you want to do before you want to do it." I'm I'm looking at Kotaku's piece on it right now. The head on this piece is three words. Uh, yeah, okay, sure. Um, it's it's a very short hit because it's, it's an aggregation. Um, and but the the important information to convey is this: Google Stadia's vice president of engineering, Maj Bakar, reportedly told Edge that the company's upcoming cloud streaming game console. Again, I'm not sure it's a console. Like. They it's, keep calling it a console. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand that at all. This is like, is my cable I box a console? I refuse to call it a console. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, game console will have negative latency. Quote in scare quotes. Quotation marks. Predicting predicting player button presses to reduce lag. Ultimately, we think in a year or two we'll have games that are running faster and feel more responsive in the cloud than they do locally, regardless of how powerful the local machine is. Bakar said. Now here's the thing about being the vice president of anything. You get to lie. Um, you get to like, you're, he, he's he's not speaking as an engineer here. I'm not sure what his background is. Technically, I assume he has some engineering backgrounds. Most of the guys who become who run these departments eventually at, at Google do, um, but he is speaking as, in his capacity as an executive promoting a product here. Um, so if, oh yeah, if for he's, sure. It is tech culture to promise you the moon, and then if it doesn't come all the way there, just sort of, you know, ratchet expectations downward and pretend you didn't promise all that to begin with. Well, this is, this is a clear example of, um, what my uncle has always said. My, my uncle who has been a career military guy, mm-hmm. um, has said, uh, uh, you know, you know, how, you, do you know what, how to tell when a, uh, when a, uh, when a recruiter is lying? Um, the answer is, uh, when his lips are moving. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and the the uh, so so what he's promising is uh, I don't he doesn't use the word AI, but this seems like eventually we're going to be deploying AI here in that context, machine learning in that context, where yeah. it tries to I mean, learn. Mm-hmm. Is there any more charitable way to understand it? Because I've been trying. No, it, I think like I think like the one way you might understand it is to say like on a PC, for instance, maybe Stadia will get to a point where latency will drop so much for the average PC holder that it yeah. will feel like. But that even I mean, here's it just seems where so it unlikely. seems like it would help to me. Uh, say in a fighting game, you have to input a series of rapid uh, button presses followed by uh, or stick movements followed by button presses, right? If you do those stick movements for the, in, for the wrong length of time during the input sequence, you fail to do the move. What this could do in a useful way is what a lot of this, – this isn't new technology, I don't think – is it reads those inputs and smooths them so that you get much more leeway either side to perform your move. Um, and actually execute that move in a way that feels good. Now, there's, it, that's still a problem because it, there still has to be, therefore, be lag both ways as the game handles the data, reorders it a little bit, and then spits it out. Um, this, like, is claiming to be able to minority report that, like, mm-hmm, pre-cog mm-hmm. what you're going to do, mm-hmm. predict what you're <laughs> going to do, and do it for you, which is just playing the game for you, is what that is. Um, yeah. And like it's what's, what's what's really weird to me is the the idea that you would want that. Yeah, I mean, and like it, that it's anyone who likes playing video up. games would like to be like, yeah, no, nice. I don't have to play this video game. I mean, it's that was so distasteful. To and me. that's if it works perfectly. What it's what I assume it's actually going to do is it's going to guess wrong some percentage of the time. <laughs> yes, or and, it's going to do things like in a you know you you describe sort of a best case scenario for mm-hmm. the fighting game, but like. And, and I, I should say, I don't think a fighting game is going to make it to the stadium anytime soon. No. Um, it's like the last thing that you would want on there. But I mean, uh, I assume they're going to want everything because Google wants well, everything. Yeah, but I, I don't think it. I mean, that yeah. seems to be the last, like literally, not just in a figure of speech, but like in a literal sense, that is the last thing that they will have to work on because it, everything else should come first. Yep. Uh, because that is just like a, a nightmare to imagine. Uh, actually making it work but um you know what's what could also happen is like it's it just makes the meta obvious if you're on stadia Mm -hmm. so every stadia player will get to play like you know very casual modes but actually anyone who really wants to compete or do any like pvp in in these games if it's not a fighting game will have to not play on stadia like stadia will lose its efficacy for uh anyone who except outside of sort of like just casual viewers. Um, and that's okay. I mean, like if they're willing to do that, that's fine, mm-hmm. but they seem to want to also court hardcore gamers. Yeah. They and want it every seems market. Like it just, it seems like it's bound to fail. Yeah. I mean, Google is a company that has the ability and the money to shoot high and fail if they want to, especially when the rewards for succeeding here are mm-hmm. dominating an entire unactivated segment of the gaming industry. Uh, basically, if you pay for Stadia, you get to do console-based gaming, AAA console-based gaming. This is the ideal. AAA console-based gaming maybe on your phone because that's just a device you, the, the, the device that you're holding doesn't have to do the processing. Um, so, like, uh, you know, the Apple, the new Apple games has a thing where you, you like, Bluetooth, 
Bluetooth a uh, controller to your phone and use the phone yeah. as your display output device, uh, there's no way reason that Stadia can't do that. Um, oh, yeah, sure. It just matters if it's possible and it works. Um, so, you know, there, there is a... If the technology is physically possible, this seems like it could be a big deal, but the whole th- it's never seemed physically possible from day one, especially with the infrastructure in this country being what it is. Uh, yeah, just for transmit, just the pipes uh, where data moves through, and what's and how much has to move to make this experience work, and how fast. It feels a lot to me like like um, remember that that like console, the Phantom. No. Uh, was it the um, Phantom? Was that what it was called? What was it called? I think it was called the Phantom. Let me see. Phantom. Uh, Phantom Entertainment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Infini- made by Infinium Labs, or was also Infinium Labs, uh, founded by Tim Roberts. Um, okay, yeah. So they make computer keyboards right now. Mm-hmm. Um it's best known for the Phantom, a video game console advertised for internet gaming on demand in 2004. Wow, I didn't know it was actually exactly like Phantom. Uh, the Phantom is a canceled home. This is from Wikipedia. Uh, a canceled home video system whose development was supposedly begun by Phantom Entertainment. The device was said to be capable of playing current and future PC games. Um, I I do really appreciate them naming their Ghostware console Phantom. I know it's so good, uh, and it was. It was going to be uh, released in 2003. Um, everyone could buy it. Basic hardware specifications were below $399, which in 2003 was truly uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, $10, $10 a month uh, it looked like it was going to, to really work. And then it was never, ever uh, made. Yeah. It was done. Um, Alienware ordered some and uh, phantom couldn't do it um and they ran out of money ghosts and aliens the just prob- don't get along <laughs> but i mean it, this is like the problem here is that and there's also lawsuits and stuff we don't have to go through but the the thing about the phantom is that like it sounded great and it, it sounded like you know you'd be stupid not to um you'd be stupid not to uh pursue this you'd be stupid not to uh do you know pursue this uh untapped market but it might just be untapped for a reason. Like, you may never be able to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and I, I, I wonder what that would do to – because obviously bandwidth is in competition. It's not a – it's a zero-sum game to some extent. So I'm wondering sort of what that would do to, our, to, the, to the loads of, of wired internet, not just over air. Because uh, we're already getting into weird situations with like 5G – where the band it's operating on is going to, like, fuck with airplanes or something. Um, mm. So, you know... It, that rocks. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, this it's, it's fantastic. I love what we're doing with this. And, and you know... We are really destabilizing things in a fun, fun way, move, and I, I, I'm sure that that's good. Uh, it, it's, it's great that there's a sector of our economy whose, like, stated strategy is move fast and break things. That's, like, you know, do criminal activity. That's their stated strategy. Um, so yeah, no, the, it seems like Stadia, unless it, it – if it falls apart, which it's, it seems like it falling apart or being very, very niche, like you can only get it in certain markets. It only works in certain markets. Um, that seems like the likely outcome here. Um, but if they do revolutionize with this stuff, I do wonder what the knock-on effects are going to be. 
Like what what are the the bad hiding swords of Damocles hanging over us if Stadia is successful? What does it do? Because um, it, it probably changes the hardware market entirely. Um, it might kill Sony, or it might kill one, someone's game programs outright, or at least you know make them draw back from it. I, I think Microsoft would actually be the most likely. Uh, company to just sort of step back a little bit from the the gaming market just from if the hardware perspective gets to a, a point where they can actually move consoles um you know the, you, you might see someone exit the field like sega exited the field um yeah i was gonna say a lot like sega because it's like a um it's a way to stay in the market with while keeping a toe mm-hmm. because i mean and microsoft out. sort of has been transitioning to this by by snapping up all these studios um they they've become like well, like the big joke about Microsoft last generation is that they had few exclusives and they were all terrible. Um, when they existed at all, like Scalebound never never ever came out. Um, and but they they seem like they're moving over to doing a lot more first or second party, I guess is what you'd call it, um, production. Uh, yeah. And if Stadia is successful, we might see them go further in that direction because they are partnering with Google, I think, or. It's with Sony that's partnering with Microsoft for some backend stuff related to the cloud. Hmm. Um, that's interesting. I didn't know yeah. that. So, I mean, the cloud is the, is the new frontier, the final frontier. Well, not, there's never any final frontier in, in this stuff. There will always be something more. But the cloud is – whether the cloud is successful or not at changing the video game landscape or whether it just allows us to do things we're already doing with decent supplements is going to be the big question of whether it that decides whether Stadia is successful or not. And we'll have yeah, to wait and I see. I think that's right. I count me as extremely skeptical. Yeah. Um I I know that it's foolish to bet against uh venture capital uh in this case. Yeah, uh, I mean, they they have a very low hit rate. <laughs> they have a low hit rate. <laughs> but if they really see this as something that they can uh make a, you know, more money than God over, they will hit at it uh, time and again. Yeah, um, but I just I don't see it working. I I can't. I just like I I'll, I'll I'll put myself out there as like someone who might look like a a fool down the line, but like I just I don't see it. The only way I see it working is with like tremendous, dreadful, unintended consequences. Um, yeah, I see it working. I don't like I don't see it. Out yeah, of the sky. I don't see it working being a good thing in the long term. Even if it does eventually end up working, I don't think it will be a market improvement over um, what we have right now. I think it, even at the best case scenario, you're going to lose the concept of game ownership. Everything's going to mm-hmm. be subscription-based now. More rents are going to be charged for less content. I mean, that was definitely uh, coming yeah, anyway. That's, that that and, is and, coming and, anyway. Um, and one of the things we didn't talk about, because uh, it's not quite video games, but like uh, Adobe has withdrawn all of the licenses of its uh, products from people in Venezuela. Yeah. Um, as a result of the U.S.'s um, constant aggravation and um, and uh, try to think of the best word to say, um, their coup attempts. Uh, yeah, that's the right word to say. Uh, imperialist coup attempts of Venezuela. Uh, Adobe has assisted this by saying, "Okay, everyone in Venezuela does not get Photoshop, even if they paid for yep. it." And that has revealed that has been like a very sort of like oh moment for uh, rental. Uh, I mean, oh, but the, the Trojan yeah. horse is already through the gates. Here, are the, uh, here is the actual 
uh, second foot dropping on this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not just right. that you're paying for the same product ten times over uh, over the lifespan of the product, but you know it's also that they now control how the contra- how the product is distributed, how it is accessed, the availability, and the continued availability of it. Correct. Um, Correct. And and that that is what's going to happen. Um, I mean, in many ways, it's it's already happening, as you say. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, I don't know. I uh, I hope Stadia doesn't work now, mm-hmm. based on what we're talking about. I've, I've I've I'm not just skeptical. I'm actively antagonistic of it. Yeah. Um, prove me wrong. Let's go to the other console that's being talked. You know, the the other video game platform. Let's say since Stadia isn't a console. Oh, I hope it's an orb. Uh, I hope it's an orb. No, no. The PlayStations are always like flat rhombus, like they're they're always these flat, sleek black polygons. Yeah, the PlayStation Five is official, and it's officially the PlayStation Five. It's funny because every time like news about the PlayStation Five is about to leak, and there were some big leaks coming on this from patent documentations and stuff like that, uh, they just go over to Wired and drop all that stuff early to get it out in front. Um, yeah, they're they're kind of old pros at this now. Yeah. Uh, so Sony really like embraced console production from the PS One till now in like a way that I mean this is sort of an obvious thing to say, but like I am old enough to remember people being skeptical about Sony's ability to create video game consoles when they first came out, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, which is always kind of weird. Boy, they They've always been it. a hardware company. Um, yeah, but like it's not it's not like not video game yeah. hardware. When it was like, oh, they're they're making a video game system. Why? I don't know if that's going to work. And they just they just know how to play that field like a fiddle. I don't. They're they're not a. I'm not saying it because like they're like good people over at Sony or whatever. I have no real interest in. They're monsters. Defending them one way or the other. I don't know. I don't, I don't know who they are. But I don't think they're probably nice people. Yeah. Uh, they they are a multinational company. Yep. It's uh, odds are, uh, but the um, they really do know how to work the market. Uh, to their to their benefit, so you know, congrats to them. The big takeaways from the PlayStation Five announcement uh, is that is the confirmation of what we already knew uh, that the uh, solid state drive is going to be mandatory. Game installation is mandatory. Uh, discs are basically going away, except as install media. Um, mm-hmm. I, I assume but the good news yeah. is they're calling it the solid snake hard drive. <laughs> The, so. uh, yeah, no, the, the opt- oh, the optical disc is also there for the backwards compatibility stuff. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how, uh, oh, there's haptic feedback on the controller, which basically just means, like, better rumble support. Haptic feedback is the sort of uh, feedback that your iPhone has, uh, your newer model iPhone. So they can change the degree and sensitivity and direction and even, like, rhythm of their rumbles. Um, and I believe it also affects whether uh, like they can make the trigger pulls like harder or lighter, um, so that oh, you're like wow. your R two and your L two will get will have you know like a lighter or a heavier pull, sort of like a gun, uh, depending on what you're doing, how good you are in the game at doing it. Like if your character is like level one at this instead of level ten at this, it'll be difficult, more difficult. Um, that sort of thing is, it it, it seems like they're giving developers a lot more options to fool around with the controller, which sounds a lot more interesting than the six axis shit. Now, every single one of these consoles, when they come out, has this gimmick with the controller now. And, you know, I I guess for for Xbox, it's always been like connect shit. Uh, Nintendo just has Mm -hmm. gone directly into motion control and, and 
I guess, yeah. sort of honorably and res- or respectably, just hasn't stopped. Like unlike Six yeah, Axis, never. they don't they they once they once they went in on on a uh, motion control shit with the Wii, uh, we are still there with the Switch. Um, just not as even when people don't. Yeah, like yeah, and a lot of people don't. Um, I've never. I don't. I don't. Love I've it. never been a fan of it. Um, but no, like uh, Six Axis. Uh, was kind of a stupid idea to begin with. Uh, that was the piece, PlayStation 3 one. Uh, the PlayStation 4 one, that was the touchpad and the like the 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 controller speaker. Um, neither of mm. which I think I ever cared for. Um, I don't. I'm not. Sh- you didn't like the controllers. No, I had to. Did anyone? Has anyone ever like? Has any? Did anyone like ever not? like freak out the first time they heard that thing like when it started yeah. like talking to you or like having gunshots come Horrible. out of it um truly truly miserable yeah so this uh, we've improved the rumble function and the rumble function is the function that since the i think the n64 controller was the first one to introduce it with the rumble pack i could be wrong i, f- I forget if it was mm-hmm. in a dual shock before that or if it was if there was another controller from i guess an old sega product or something that i'm forgetting but i think the, the, the n64 is what i associate uh, the rumble functionality with to begin with that what you I think that was that was absolutely in. the first one because the rumble pack was a big deal when it came yeah. out. Um, that kind of haptic feedback was like never before heard. Yeah, and it, it was like it was like you were attaching like a, a giant weight to the front of the controller too, uh, which was weird because that that controller was already oddly balanced. Um, Gotta say though, the giant weight felt yeah. good. Uh, I mean, I think it balanced it. Welcome better. to nostalgia gaming. Yeah. Well, I mean, are we are we still nostalgic enough to defend the N sixty four controller? Uh, no, I I am I am uh, I'm defending the uh, the way that the Rumble Pack yeah. worked on the N sixty four controller. I think I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the way it uh, it felt. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I did not enjoy the way that that <laughs> controller felt. It was not good to play. I enjoy it. My, my favorite thing about the N64 controller is that it sort of looks like, like a, a Romulan bird of prey from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and, absolutely and that's does. about it. <laughs> it had a terrible yeah, that was pad. A... It had a, a thumbstick, that, a joystick that was horrible on your thumb, and it could tear up your uh, palm if you tried to spin it around too much for those Mario Party games. Just, you know, just not a great controller. Hideous. No, there was a lot of, in the N64 that was uh, not great. Hopefully the PS5 is going to be a little bit better. Um, you were reading some of those leaks a little more carefully than mm-hmm. I was. Um, what did you find? All right, so yeah, they, the, the haptic controller stuff, the uh, SSD stuff. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how they handle solid-state drive and if, you know, if load times actually... Obviously, there are going to be games where it's just seamless. Now you don't have those hallways you're always walking through. Or you won't have the camera, like, yanked to the side to make you watch a plane fly across while the rest of the level loads in behind you. Um, you know, th- so there's, there's <laughs> oh, going to be, gonna miss there's gonna be so seamless much. stuff. But it, the question is, with these consoles, they always sort of, the games increase fidelity and complexity to fill the new platform. Um, at the ex- As they should. At, I mean, that used to be. Well, at the expense of performance the is the problem. Like, and we're at, we're at a point where uh, final generation PS4 games are just not going to be functionally playable on the base PS4. Um, like they, yes, they, I've been thinking about that a lot. They claim uh, the claim when the when the PlayStation Pro and the Xbox One S, I believe, is the corresponding one over at the Xbox. Um, the claim was that it would be per- impermissible for a game not to run on 
the base PS4. And that's technically true. Every game that's coming out can be played on the base PS4. It just doesn't play well. Um, they, yeah. Uh, what's the most recent game? Um, Code Vein? Uh, Control had a lot Control. of problems. Control I mean, had a lot of problems. Out, but like, yeah, like, but like, uh, they're problems that shouldn't have existed. Uh, and, and a lot of those problems correct. aren't going to go away. Don't didn't go away permanently, um, and, and you know it's just because they are making the games for the highest end technology possible because that's what they want to yeah. show off. That's what they want to pitch um, to players in demos and to games journalists in those demos and in trailers and stuff like that. They don't want just the basic experience because uh, that doesn't look great when you're watching the advertisements. Um, Right. And it, you know, it's, it's, I don't like this new trend. I mean, again, it's not anything that's going, that I'm going to be able to change. Uh, so I'm just probably just going to have to like it and lump it. Mm -hmm. I don't like this new trend of like, oh, you know, we have two consoles in one. Like, I don't think that's going to change. Yeah. I think there's going to be a PS5 Pro mm -hmm. and like, well, and you always want to double like, dip. I mean, this this isn't really that new. Like the N sixty four had the expansion pack. Uh, the the Super Nintendo had these cartridges. Like for certain games, you buy cartridges that would have additional processors in the cartridge, so that they yeah, they hook that. up and you know, and the game would probably cost a little bit more. I think um, sometimes it didn't, but I I remember at least in one or two circumstances it did. Um, and so, like, th this sort of double-dipping slash incremental improvement philosophy has been, has been a thing for a while. Um, you can sort of view the Wii U as this that the Wii's version of this, uh, and that was just a huge failure. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know, I'm, the only reason I sort of doubt that it'll happen with the PlayStation 5 uh, is that I'm not sure that we're going to have console generations anymore. Like if this, especially if the stadium mm. stuff succeeds, like you may have hardware upgrades that you need to do, but now you might just be playing a PlayStation or a Xbox. Um, Honestly, not a bad yeah. thing in some ways. I, I, I prefer, I don't know. I prefer playing PC yeah. at this point for that reason. Yep. So, and, and I mean, and, and these yeah, things, we'll and these things have been, been becoming PCs for a long time. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I, like uh, w Microsoft made this uh, obvious when they <laughs> like now you crossplay and you buy everything to the same store because the Xbox is basically running a Windows 10 shell. Um, uh, you know, modified for the games, but you know it's it's close enough that you can crossplay pretty easily. You can cross buy, uh, and that's the sort of environment they want going forward. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, makes sense to me. Um. Yeah, I, mean, I guess we're gonna have to see. I mean, I'm gonna get it probably on launch. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I, I'm yeah. gonna have to see what my money situation is. I assume I'm not going to get it on launch. Uh, I, I'd like to be PC only for a while, honestly, but we'll mm -hmm. see what happens. It feels irresponsible of me yeah. not to get it on launch at this point. So I will, I will do that. But uh, yeah, I mean, based on based on knowing what's going to happen, I can't recommend it for everyone. Yeah. Uh, seems like you'd want to wait. And now we're we're a couple we're like maybe a week or two from all the big games dropping, but one just got delayed. Uh, Doom on. Eternal. Ah, um, uh, yes. Uh, I believe on the giant uh, someone online it might, might have been on the Bombcast or just someone I saw on Twitter uh, 
I, a lot of people have made this joke. Uh, don't name your game something of that that <laughs> references. Eternal. Yeah, Nukem Forever. <laughs> yeah, you know, just stay away from like Infinity. <laughs> like if Halo Infinite gets bump gets bumped, uh, this joke will be coming right back around too. Um, yeah, yeah. So now, uh, Doom Eternal got pushed from Q4 this year to I think like the last couple weeks of Q1 next year. Maybe it's still Q4 because the financial year. Isn't it to correspond with the release of Animal Crossing? Uh, I mean, that's probably not the reason why, but they it's March 20th, which is like the last day of that quarter, uh, the last week of okay. that quarter. So they get to put it on the books or put a week. Being yeah, a bit generous yeah. with quarters yeah. there. Right? Um, they get to put the whatever they do on that week, uh, which I assume is an important week for them financially and was not chosen at random because other games have chosen that week. Um, honestly, they probably Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing ha- probably have a lot more overlap than some people assume, but it's not like you're putting a Call of Duty right up in a- next to a battlefield. Um, yeah. So it seems fine. Uh, they were non-specific about why, just you know that why the bumps happening and these sort of delays happen all the time. Um, it's probably better that they do than uh, that they don't. Um, you know, obviously we can't say what the working conditions are like in there. We'll hear about it if they're bad, I'm sure, because we've been hearing sure. about every studio after a title like these, this drops, uh, when they, uh, do bad crunch. Um, but they're, uh, I'm looking at their release now. Uh, they've got this sort of like, uh, dark souls, like asymmetric multiplayer invasion mode type thing. Um, yeah, Invasion Mode, which will allow you to enter another player's game as a playable demon, will release as a free update shortly after launch. Um, the Bombcast guys made a good point. Um, releasing the Invasion Mode after launch means that you're, you're not having it out during the window when the most people are playing the game, uh, which is going to be a problem. Yeah, seems like not a great idea. Um, but then, you know... I I feel like Dark Souls is ha- still has at least a decent um, tradition of invasion stuff, even at this late date. And they they've released like fifty five <laughs> Dark Souls like remasters and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And every time you remaster a game or relaunch a game or I guess put out DLC for a game, you get a spike in a player base. Um, so it's yeah, no, and that's true. It, it sounds like it's gonna be fun. It sounds like. I'm going to guess, see, because Invasion Mode's in the campaign, and the campaign is probably going to be... I mean, Doom is a single-player franchise. Like, there is a multiplayer component to that game. People like it. Um, It was very famous for the WAD scene back in the day. But the the bulk of Doom has always been caught up in that single-player campaign. So it's going to be interesting to see... Like, it's going to be... Like, Dark Souls seems like probably a more replayable game than Doom Eternal is going to be. Because Doom 2016 was a great game, but it's not like you could like play a different build. <laughs> like You can't build yeah. your Doom guy differently. Um, you- well, and, and unlike the original Doom, it was not a game that necessarily encouraged sort of like brute force uh, speedruns and stuff mm-hmm. like that um, in the same way that... I mean, there are speedrun elements there, but... To me, I don't know. It's like it, it very much is a game where it's like, okay, you're you're playing this game to play the game. You're not playing this game to get like technical mastery. Yeah. Um, but 
Anyway. Yeah, so yeah. I, I just, like, people will still go, like like you said, they'll go in and do, like, Souls Level 1 runs, and then people will come in and murder them. Uh, if they're if they're online and they're connected and someone's still kicking around the invasion uh, mechanic on, on their end, on the Dark Souls. Uh, and uh, Doom just doesn't seem like, I mean, you can't, it's kind of a joke that you can just slap Dark Souls mechanics on anything and see what happens these days. Uh, Doom doesn't mm-hmm. really seem like the sort of, I mean, I like the idea, it sounds cool, but it seems like a distraction, uh, it, like or a, a, a diversion, a little thing to, that, that's fun. Um, and not really a selling point for me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super yeah. into it. We'll see. Uh, uh, Might be cool. Doom Eternal for Switch uh, got bumped even further, just in the tradition of Switch ports uh, not being released yeah. with the game itself. Uh, That's and correct. apparently Doom 64 is coming to uh, as like I guess it's I forget if this was actually going to be released previous or if this is a new uh, sorry we're delaying this here is a throw-in type thing hopefully i mean we, we know what's going to happen with that it's going to be weirdly non-performant it's going to require you to be logged into the bethesda um online <laughs> apple or something oh, cool. we love like, being I, logged into the I mean, bethesda online I'm not, space hooray i'm not like they don't confirm that with um with this release but we've seen what they did with doom 1 and doom 2 um, and how they couldn't mm-hmm. get that gun, that game to run anywhere near as well as emulators were getting it to run, and it would kick you out for not for losing internet access, uh, uh, connection to their launcher. <laughs> so I assume that's what oh, we're going to get with Doom sixty four. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, it'll be interesting to it's see Doom really sixty four. I rented that a couple times. Uh, it has, I think it has a couple different enemies. It has different like graphics. Like even I think a lot of the guns are the same, but the gun, but the, all the the pixel art slightly different. Uh, which I found was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, different tile sets, stuff yeah. like that. And, and I thought it was always cool to see, even though the levels clearly weren't as iconic or well-designed, <laughs> let's say, as Doom 1 and Doom 2. <laughs> um, I, very hard to make them as iconic and well-designed as Doom yeah. 1 and Doom 2, but still pretty cool. Um, and then our final story this week. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you excited about... <laughs> Downloading most of a uh, this hard drive, uh, uh, <laughs> a solid state. Yeah, most of most of a most of your solid state hard drive on one yeah, game. Call of, um, you, you can call of one hundred and seventy five gigabytes. Yeah, I don't. I it look the game looks good. I've seen it. It's it in beta. It doesn't look one hundred and seventy five gigs of installation good. Uh, Destiny two, uh, which I'll talk about because that's my game this week. But I I, I did the the free Destiny download, uh, and I got the the Shadow Keeper add on because I had thirty five. Free dollars kicking around, and I make bad decisions. Um, that is a nine. Yeah, it's not. It's a ninety-five gig install. What you get for a ninety-five gig install is the entire base game of Destiny Two. The uh, the first expand and there's three expansions: the Warmind expansion, the Curse of Osiris expansion. I think there's one more. Um, The one where uh, what's his face, the stupid robot who keeps talking, gets shot in the head. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the uh, that that. Just those, just the free-to-play stuff is 80 gigabytes for the base game and, a th- and all the content that actually exists right now. The new um, expansion, Shadow Keeper or whatever it is, like every Shadow, yeah, Shadow Keep, Keep everyone, every MMO seems to have like a Shadow expansion right now. Um, like Final Fantasy yeah. 14 has like Shadowbringer? Is that what it is? Shadowbringers, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a 15 gig add-on. Um, and it adds a new area, the moon. So you're talking about basically four games worth yeah. of content. With these expansions being 
almost, I mean, I'm, I'm doing my math here. It's a little over uh, half. 80 gigabytes yeah. less than it's one game? a little game? bit on, on, uh, over half of Call of Duty's install for, I assume, its campaign and its multiplayer. Um, people have been, you know, dancing around this issue uh, for a while, but there is severe incentive for developers to push up install size as far as possible. Because what games are doing now is they are competing for gamers' time and interest, not just during the single-player campaign or doing the first, during the first two weeks of release, but in the revenue tail portion, in the portion where they want you logging in okay. and playing every day. And they don't want you logging in and playing other people's games because time is a finite resource and there's an opportunity cost. The more time you spend playing Call of Duty, the less time you can spend playing Destiny 2. Now, what's the best way to make sure that your player doesn't have even the option of balancing their time between two games? Well, you make it so you can only have yeah. a certain number of games installed at a time because the installs are so big. Um, and obviously this is, you know, they don't have any respect for your hard drive size. Why should they? Um, oh, they have no respect for any element of you if they're getting, uh, <laughs> if they can get yeah. money out of you. So, I mean, I mean that's just, that's you're just looking at uh, uncompressed textures, uncompressed audio, um, I assume that there are, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they've just, they haven't, um, put into whatever file, uh, proprietary bucketing they have, uh, that probably legitimately reduces load times and stuff like that and sounds and looks better, but it's 175 gigabytes. Like, I'm not even sure The Last of Us 2, which is already bragging about being two Blu-rays of content is going to break 175 gigabytes. It might, I mean, it might right. go to 200, but that is a lot of space, and it doesn't sound like it has that much content, especially, uh, you know, 175 gigabytes worth of content, because most of the content they're going to want to release, they're going to want to titrate behind season passes and paid DLC expansions. So my, my wonder is how much of that is already done and on the, the quote-unquote disk in the game files, and you're just buying a, like, a 7-kilobyte uh, download to the flip a switch somewhere. Uh, and, and turn it on. Yeah, that's always been the that's always been like the the deep dark concern of um, DLC yeah. too. Well, uh, I think it will definitely. Everyone's just going to say uh, that we uh, all feel it's worth mm -hmm. it to wait. You know, eight hours while our computer downloads the eight hundred. Is anyone for this site even going to take a look at Call of Duty? I I, I don't I don't see a reason um, for me I don't to know, probably. Um, um, at some point someone will. <sighs> I'm more interested if it as a campaign, yeah. uh, which I mean this one does. So we'll see. Yeah, I might play. I mean, if I really want to get angry, the campaign is going to be there for me. Um, I, I have <laughs> not an Oliver ooh, North fan. I do not. Um, I do not see that campaign going well for anybody who has like any even marginal understanding of how the United States has involved itself Politics? in the um in the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, by being liberators? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to team up with Just these uh, non-political, non-existent, really moderate rebels, and we're going to fight, I guess, the Russians. The Russians are the evil guys now to uh, free, not Syria, probably. Mm -hmm. um, well, the Saudis are doing, a, you know, the president just said to me today that the Saudis are doing everything uh, we, uh, we are asking yeah. them to. So I, I assume we'll, we'll see some of them, too, in the game. And they're paying and for they're, it all. Uh, we'll see the Saudis and their uh, armies of 
child soldiers from Africa uh, in the paid DLC. Huh. Yes, of course. Um, and I just finished Metal Gear Solid 2, so I'm thinking about child soldiers and uh, shuddering. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk right. about our games. Uh, you sort of hinted at yours, so why don't you finish right, it? Yeah, I've been playing Destiny 2. I, I got My brother gave me Destiny 2 for PS4. Uh, for my birthday, which would be last year, uh, not I think it's mm-hmm. a, it was a 2018 release. I think, um, I think it was maybe maybe he, yeah maybe he just it was yeah he got it for me for my birthday in 2018, and I played it a little bit then. Um, so that was like July, mid July. Played it a little bit then. I reached like the first open area and the load times plus just the it I didn't like the way it felt. Um, yeah, on the PS4, it didn't look great, but I was on a basic PS4, and I haven't like changed or upgraded my TV in like literally ten years. Um, so that's probably my end. Still rocking a CR- no. It's uh, it's like one of the first generation flat screens that were made for cheap. Uh, so it like it can't nice. get past like basic 720 outputs. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, so I've got I got the I got it for PC. Downloaded it in, uh, started a new character, even though I was able to pull over my old characters through the cro- cross-play, uh, cross-save. Uh, you basically go you go to Monday's site, you link your PlayStation account, your Xbox account, and your Steam account, and they you know allow you to move the characters over to uh, play on PC. Um, start a new character. It's funny, they, they've, in, they've put the first mission of Destiny 1 in the game. Like, where you wake up? Yeah, I saw that. that I was talking to, uh, actually, my sister's boyfriend, who is a big Destiny fan, um, and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. raids and has, a, has, you know, a dedicated guild and stuff like that. And we, I was, uh, or a dedicated raiding party. A lot of people have dedicated guilds that mm-hmm. don't raid. But um, yeah, he was saying that it's kind of interesting because they basically include, you know, uh, a, a hyperspeed uh, way of getting to the DLC. Yeah. Um, if you've never played a Destiny game, it's which, fun. I mean, good on them. Makes it's funny because yeah, you wake, you play the first mission of Destiny One, which is you waking up in a field somewhere um, with your annoying little ghost buddy uh, prodding you like some kind of hideous techno creep Navi to uh, get your ass to the city. Hey. <laughs> and once you get there, you're just in the you're in the tower, um, mm-hmm. quote unquote, which is the, obviously the open world area you, you unlock. After the uh, events of the intro mission to Destiny 2 Basic, uh, where the city gets destroyed. Um, that's this name, the city, the tower. This game has loves just single noun, uh, you know, descriptors in, as proper noun titles uh, instead of naming They things. really do. It's, it's ridiculous. It's excellent. Um, it's kind of – I'm, I'm kind of sad they just haven't had the gall to just call Earth the planet. Um, so yeah, you go to the tower and you can get to pick up the, all the story content as like playable, do it as you want legacy campaign stuff. So you just, you go, you find it on your map, sort of like a a strike or a raid. You click it, you hit launch and you Mm -hmm. just load right into a cutscene of you going to do like, you know, the main plot from destiny Two base killing that, uh, Crazy that big legion guy, um, and so it, that's an interesting way to play it because you can play them in any order you want. Um, and it just gives this impression that the entire world is falling apart in every direction all at the same time. Uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, and, you know, and it's fairly uh, 
you know, consonant to the ex- to the experience in the game itself because every campaign is just a series of disasters. Um, so, you know, I, I've been enjoying it. It feels a lot better on PC. It loads a lot better on my solid-state drive. Um, you can play keyboard mouse now if you want. Um, I don't like keyboard mouse for shooters. Uh, I, I've... No, I've, I mean, I know, I like intellectually, I know it's better uh, with better precision. Oh, I, I honestly, I have, I have no, I've played it with controller and keyboard and mouse, and to the to this point, I don't have a lot of yeah. preference. I I've just, I there was a point in my life where, from like the day I started college to the day I got this PC, that I was playing mm-hmm. shooters exclusively on console. So my like okay. the last the last shooter I played keyboard and mouse dedicated to start with from beginning to end is probably Half-Life 2. Um, okay. And, yeah, now nowadays I, I, you know, I feel more comfortable with the controller, even though you know, it makes you worse at aiming. But Destiny has always had that corrective uh, where it basically just, you know, okay, we're going to give this hit to you, uh, even if maybe the hit scan wasn't completely where it needed to be, uh, which makes you feel great. I mean, that's... Yeah, I think it's fine, like, because unless you're playing mm-hmm. competitive, um, perfect aiming is not I mean, and it, unless you're, like, if you're playing the yeah. campaign, eh, If you are fine. playing, and if you are playing competitive, if you're not going to bucket uh, keyboard and mouse and controller people separately, like the new Call of Duty is going to do, um, you have oh, to wow. get the controller people uh, that corrective, because otherwise the keyboard and mouse yeah. people will murder them every time. Usually the keyboard and mouse people will murder you every time regardless, because there is no corrective that is more powerful than just pinpoint aiming at very high skill level. Um, yeah. And also they've, I mean, you're probably dealing with someone who's yeah. much more serious about that, yeah. that kind of thing, uh, which leads me um, into one of my complaints hmm. about the game, which is the gambit uh, co-op mode, which is supposedly it's supposed to be you and a team, a fire team against another fire team doing like parallel missions, parallel horde mode, basically kill a bunch of enemies, collect okay. a bunch of, you know, resource, put it in your resource bin. Whoever gets the most resources first gets to fight a boss first. Whoever fights the, whoever kills the boss first wins. They sort of ruined it, of course, by letting you, like, invade the other side. So what happens is instead of this PvE competition, you basically run into this situation where guys just spend the entire time with sniper rifles bunny hopping and executing you instead of engaging with the game's mechanics. Which oh, is fine. Really like, I don't, you know, there, there's, you know, snipers have their place. That sort of play style has a place. And that place is in the PvP section, which is very robust. Destiny has very robust PvP options. Don't put PvP in your PvE cooperative mode. Uh, I feel like studios are, un, like, incapable of actually making good PvE in, um, in shooters anymore. Especially in yeah. online shooters. It is... Uh, it's shocking. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens when uh, Blizzard unveils whatever they're doing with Overwatch. Um, yeah, they've always been so good yeah. at PvE and Overwatch, too. I mean, you know, it's just always a triumph. Uh, but yeah, I'm in, I am enjoying my time with it, even though I, I'm like, I'm a, I can watch my time being manipulated by by their mm-hmm. MMO processes. It f- does feel like it's wasting my time less than Final Fantasy XIV is, though. Um, feels like it respects me a little oh, bit more. Oh, you are in the worst part yeah. of that game. Truly, just miserable. Uh, I feel very bad for you playing that section of Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, um, so I'm going to go back to Final Fantasy XIV a little bit. Um, but, you know, Destiny's been the thing I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, 
So I have been um, playing, uh, I've been actually back to playing Majora's mm. Mask, partially because I talked to uh, one of our mutual friends, Mark Normandin, about it. Um, and I wanted to beat it, but I wasn't able to beat it by the time I talked to him. But uh, uh, I'm back to, to Majora's Mask, and I'm reminded that it's just a great yep. game. Um, it's super smart. It's extremely well designed. Uh, it has just the right level of frustration before you solve it. It is uh, really a brilliant game. Um, I'm not telling anyone mm -hmm. anything they don't know because most everyone's probably played my Majora's favorite Mask. One. But probably my favorite Zelda. It's it's yeah. very good. Um, it's excellent. Yeah, so I'm 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 happy about that, and I'm gonna be playing because uh, I'm talking to both devs soon. Um, I'm gonna be playing uh, Jenny Leclue, uh and the Neo Cab mm -hmm. game. So uh, I'll I'll definitely have some thoughts on those too. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, that wasn't very robust. On <laughs> Majora's my part, Mask, but, uh, still good. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't really know what to say other than it's it's a really good game. Uh, the three day system works wonderfully. Uh, it gives you a sense of urgency without giving making that, it seem like you can't uh, progress without you know walking on eggshells. How much does looking um, up in the sky with that moon there still suck on day three? It still yeah. sucks. Um, and I I will say also like the. I don't know. It just feels like they built in everything you needed. Like, there's the fast travel, basically, within time, and there's literal fast travel, and there's, you know, the plotting is really good. The journal is great. You can follow everything you're doing and figure out how you need to finish up those things. You can do side quests without feeling like you are you still not there? doing the main story. It's just, it's a, it's a really great game. So, we've come to the end of another patch notes. Um... John, anything you're up to this week? God damn it. I think we lost John. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, we lost John. Wow. Um, well, uh, I will end this one then. Uh, thanks everyone for being here, and I will see you all next patch notes. Follow me at Hagelbot, follow John at John Bernhardt, and uh, just you know, keep on gaming. Talk to you soon. To Patch Notes China Edition. This is the China show about China. Uh, just kidding. This is uh, no cartridges. Patch Notes. I'm Hegel Von. Uh, Trevor Strunk. And with me is John uh, Xi Jinping Thought Bernhard. Uh, Thought T H O T. <laughs> and we're here to give you all the news that's fit to print about, I, I guess, China. Yeah. Uh, that seems to be all that is happening and uh, games that are bad. Uh, we uh, should note this is the uh, October 18th recording. It is October 18th. Yeah, I'm probably you're probably hearing this right after you heard the last week's episode um, because, well, because of me. Um, but John, it's it's so nice to hear your your dulcet tones again. How are you? I am fantastic. My tones have never been more dulcet. That's very true. Um, are you enjoying video games this week, or are you hate? Yeah, them? actually, I'm. I because I'm I'm not like I, I've retreated into this bubble. Uh, and this bubble is like, right, we'll talk about it more when we get to our games this week, but, you know, I reinstalled Hitman 2. Um, nice. I put Destiny, uh, Destiny 2 still on my hard drive. Uh, I got a couple new, I got a new CRPG on there that we'll talk about in the main portion of this a little bit later. Oh, I'm sure no one can guess what that is. Yeah, no. Uh, 
I, I just love disco music so much. Um, <laughs> and uh, and Outer Worlds is next week. The new uh, um, yeah, it's Obsidian. exciting. Yes, Obsidian. I always mix up Obsidian with Oblivion. I always call them the uh, fourth Elder Scrolls game name. But no, the the uh, the new Obsidian <laughs> uh, first person RPG uh, that is the last game they've released before being bought by Microsoft. Actually, it's been released after they bought by Microsoft, but they already had the agreement. It was essentially developed before yeah. they were, yes, yeah. Um, and it's basically like, uh, the the marketing campaign for it was Fallout, but not made by dipshits. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I yeah. mean. It looks pretty good. I've seen some preview footage. Yeah, it looks neat. Um, um, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to try it. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, I could see it being good or bad. Um, <laughs> well, that... I'm glad you're hedging your bets. Well, no, because I, I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that uh, my friend Josh Sawyer, I don't think had a lot of, uh, friend of the show, Josh Sawyer, I don't know how, if he had that much to do with it. And I know a lot of his writing on New Vegas was the reason I like New Vegas so mm. much. But on the other hand, it's not as if like there's one writer that's good in video games. So yeah. I'm going to give it and a chance and seems, see if I like it. It seems like they're doing the anti-capitalist thing fairly hard. Yeah. Yeah. This, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, what's, what's, uh, when does the slow period end? Uh, like next I, week. Like it, it's, it is about to happen. Things oh, are about God. to go down. I mean, um, honestly, this is, <laughs> I feel like for most of the time we've been doing this show, it's been the slow period. It is, uh, it's hard. This is yeah. a rough period of the year to talk about video games. I mean, it's not like, it's not as if I'm like, disgusted with video games or whatever like oh we should be having so much more i mean there is stuff to talk about but it's like i don't know man like how often can we just like talk about three games it it feels like it's just this bizarre like uh dead zone yeah i mean it's i mean here's the thing Uh, how much call of duty are you gonna play uh I mean, like, I'm not going to play much. No, I don't think so. So, I mean, like, we, we sometimes don't actually tap into uh, the through line of where people are gaming with our personal tastes. Now, Death Stranding's coming out soon, which I'm yeah, we'll both play that. Really so. excited for. Um, I think uh, I really think I initial impressions are out, like because the embargo is still in place, but people are able to like vaguely talk about their feelings on it and like everyone seems to hate it so far um, cool which uh owns I, yeah i, I saw I, that giant bomb didn't i heard that giant bomb didn't like it i didn't yeah. actually see that but i heard um, that the, the gb folks were not that into it I, I believe that comes from their beast casts which dropped uh since it's the 18th friday this morning um because that is the day that the beast casts are released mm-hmm. um and, and you know uh I sort of, I, I've discussed that game on this program before. I look forward to being in the being in the minority about the gameplay. I think the gameplay looks interesting, um, if stupid. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you that you know I, I I've never liked a stupid game. Um, in fact, Stupid's I've liked many fine. stupid games. Metal Gear Solid Five was a very stupid game, and I like the gameplay on that a certain amount. Um, but I think. I'm not sure people are going to get on me for this, but uh, I've mentioned that I'm a like a a uh, a Mass Effect Andromeda stan, right? I you've never said stan. I think right. that's something well, I, new. I, I, but you've said that you tolerate it. I, I like it, um, and I have this deep seated conviction that people would have actually like. I I I think it's it's plot sucks, 
but I also thought Metal, uh, Metal Gear Mass Effect 3's plot sucked like really bad it was a horrific game on on the plot level mm-hmm. um, and I think that the uh, the problem a lot of people had with Mass Effect Andromeda beyond a lot of the glitch problems just being like fake or stupid like people would just zoom out the uh, field of view so you could see their, their them doing loading tricks on the side and present mm-hmm. this as oh here's a glitch um I feel like a lot of people hit, hit this blind spot where, oh, it didn't have the characters I spent 10 years with in it, and so the characters were bad. I thought the mm. characters in Andromeda were very good. I thought the bot sucked shit because um, it was written by the Destiny 2 guy, and mm-hmm. and that guy, uh, who was also the Halo 4 guy. The guy did Halo 4, Mass Effect Andromeda, and Destiny 2. It's 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 not a distinction. It's not a campaign of distinction for him. You think he's still getting work? Yeah, he's uh, still with Destiny 2, I believe. Um, for their well, I mean the 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 um, the expansions have gotten pretty solid reviews. I mean, I'm people. playing through Forsaken right now. The writing on that sucks shit. Um, ah, well, okay. That's the Cade Six expansion, and anytime you have to spend time with Cade Six, you might as well just put on an episode of Firefly or something. Um, it, it'll have much better joke writing, um, and about right. as much you know tolerable, you know, sensible crap in it um but yeah no i mean you know how mass effect andromeda broke people for that series yeah they realized that they didn't actually like mass effect andromeda they liked the things that they built in their mind about the mass effect series over the course of 10 years spent with those games i feel like that's what's going to happen with kojima in death stranding they're going to realize Oh, I really didn't. It wasn't Kojima at all. It was this this association I had built up over time, mimetically, with the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Hmm. And now that Hideo Kojima has to do his own thing and doesn't have that length of time to draw upon, like now that he's not putting up Metal Gear Solid Four, which plays on my goodwill for Metal Gear Solids One, Two, and Three, which are the only th- three good Metal Gear Solids. Um, that now I have to evaluate this game for what it is. And what it is is a C-list filmmaker making a C-list film with decent gameplay. And I do not think people are going to fall in love with that, especially not with the indulgence that Kojima has for it. I mean, it is it is highly indulgent, it seems. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen a game this indulgent. I mean, like even in film, like only like James Cameron approaches... The level of indulgence that Kojima's going for in in a product here with his yeah, I'm trying to think of a film that has been as indulgent as the. I mean, maybe something like maybe uh, some of Winding Refn's stuff. But Winding Refn's a good example. Um, Oh, he is going to be in Death Stranding, by the way. Right? Isn't he Heartman? Yeah. Well, he he is the visual model for Heartman. He's not actually a good actor or an actor at all, so his voice will be done by an actual professional. But he is the visual model. Nicholas Winding Refn is kind of Heartman. Yeah, he is. Um, I don't think he's even the like the the mocap guy. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm trying to think of like maybe maybe like a uh, you know like what like an indie darling like uh, you know like your your Jim Jarmusch's or something like that. Oh, you can imagine yeah. like after the fact some some mythologization. Kevin Smith maybe. <laughs> okay, comparing to Jarmusch to Smith might be a bit. 
I mean, I know you didn't compare them, but... I didn't mean to compare those. I just meant, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. sure, fine. That's, uh, yeah, it's a little mean. Um, In any case, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'll play it. Yeah, Um, I will pay money for it. I'll plug in my PlayStation for the first time in months. Um, And honestly, I'm hoping not to be disappointed. I'm hoping to be able to be the guy who gives the contrarian take about how the game is good. I, I hope it plays well on the a non on a non pro. Yeah, I don't same. have high hopes, but we'll see. Um, I mean, well, I mean they're using the Horizon Zero Dawn engine. Okay, and that well, engine was developed specifically for the PlayStation. Uh, like the Horizon Zero Dawn was basically a proof of concept for it. Um, so my hope is that they still have it optimized well enough to run on a on a PS basic PS4 basic. I could see that. That would actually make some sense. Um, well, I, I mean, and, and honestly, it just—it doesn't look like the sort of game that will have those graphical requirements. It's just a lot of rolling hills. Like, yeah, if, it's kind of like, a lot of it's, gray spaces, yeah, dark black it's, spaces. It's an open world game. You walk across a lot of grass. You walk across a lot of rocks. There's some water. If if that game really taxes the system hardware on an engine designed for that console, uh, I will be surprised. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. Um, I hope it, I hope it works out. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it would be it would be more fun, I think, for everyone if there was a good new Kojima franchise, a good new Kojima IP. Um, I guess it's not looking that way, but we'll have to see. So, out of the show, um, let's just start off with China. Uh, there's some more Blizzard stuff going yeah, on. I mean, we are like a week from BlizzCon, aren't we? We are. BlizzCon's going to be a nightmare. November first. No, we're two weeks. It's November 1st, so exactly two weeks from this recording. It starts on Friday, uh, November 1st. Um, you remember how BlizzCon went last time, right, with the Diablo mobile game announcement? Oh, wow. I had forgotten about that. Yeah, no, no, no. Really badly. Yeah. Uh, I think this is going to be worse. I think they might cancel BlizzCon for next year. <laughs> I mean, they should have canceled BlizzCon for this year. No, I mean, well, they can. I mean, it, it happened too close. Like, if this had happened, I don't know, early September, maybe you could get away with canceling BlizzCon by, like, saying there was uh, there were issues or we're going in a different direction or something. But this storm started breaking, like, six to seven days ago, eight days ago, nine days ago, ten days ago. Like, it mm-hmm. broke within a month of BlizzCon. You're locked in. You can't change all that stuff. And if you do, you look like giant cowards. Um, right. It's actually worse to do that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And, you know, so uh, this is like a perfect storm of bad bullshit, especially since uh, one, uh, what we're talking about right now is that the United States Congress, uh, some Congress people have sent a letter to Blizzard uh, belatedly asking them to uh, remove sanctions and rescind penalties on um, uh, player Blitzchung, uh, Chung Niwai. Uh, I, I've, I've butchered his name three different ways. Hopefully one of them was close to correct. Thanks for, um, thanks for uh, trying. Yeah. I was not going to. Um, um, go on. Yeah, I mean, I will say I feel bad for this kid. Um, I think it sucks that uh, he got basically banned by Blizzard. I think that's kind of rotten luck. Hmm. 
I mean, he's apparently he's getting all his money back too. I mean, in all right, in the well, previous not the worst uh, in the previous episode that you heard just before this, I stated that uh, the money was still getting taken away, but the ban was being shortened. Apparently, the money is being given back. Um, oh, that's good. And as we said in the previous episode, Hearthstone's kind of a dying game anyway. Uh, so maybe it's the casters that really got fucked on this because <laughs> they no longer probably have a great relationship with uh blizzard's official um casting service or whatever it is they do whatever agreements it is they make sure um, uh, anyway so uh they sent a letter these congress people sent a letter and this is an odd motley of legislatures you've got uh, leftist darling Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Mike Gallagher, and Tom Mal- Malinowski from the House. Uh, and then you've got Ron White. All our favorites are here. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually not familiar with Gallagher or Malinowski that much. Um, I've, 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 that's why I said yeah. that. I have no idea. <laughs> um, I am familiar with Ocasio-Cortez. I believe everyone who listens to the show is probably familiar with Ocasio-Cortez. Um, yeah, I would be very surprised if people aren't. And then there's two senators. One is Oregon's uh, Ron Wyden, uh, who is a liberal, but a standard liberal. We're talking socially liberal, um, bad on foreign policy, um, okay. that sort of guy. Uh, yeah, you know, truly, economically, truly. whatever. Like, he'll mostly free market stuff, but he'll also, you know, at least pretend to care about welfare stuff every once in a while. Um, and then <laughs> Marco Rubio. Uh, Marco Rubio has everyone's face. Yeah, Marco Rubio, of course, is the Republican senator from Florida who said that Trump had a big dick, a uh, small dick, and then apologized um, to him for that, and was only like his humiliation was only eclipsed by Ted Cruz having Trump tell him that his wife was ugly and his father killed JFK, and then Cruz went and phone banked for him. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah, I mean. I, the funniest thing. The thing in is, the world. I I'm not convinced Cruz feels emotions like regular mm-hmm. people do, so I don't think he like felt that sort of shame. But the pictures of him phone banking say otherwise. He looks utterly, utterly despondent. Um, I mean, it was it was maybe the most amazing thing to see someone literally say, "Your father killed Kennedy," mm-hmm. and then respond with, "Well, you know what? Maybe." Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I question whether Donald Trump views the death of John F. Kennedy as a bad thing. So it's a very right. weird, it's a very weird thing to level because Trump doesn't care. Maybe Trump thought it was good. Uh, it's hard to tell what Trump thinks these days. He's uh, he's well off into adult diaper dementia land. He's senile. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh... Uh, anyway, so Rubio was behind the legislation that Cong- the House, I believe, passed. I'm not sure it's gone through the Senate yet. Uh, overwhelmingly, um, to promote democracy in Hong Kong. And, you know, it sounds, maybe that sounds good, um, but the bill is full of stuff like, uh, oh, Hong Kong can now extradite people like Edward Snowden to the United States, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure that a piece of American <laughs> okay. legislation has the ability to unilaterally uh, just determine. Go with it. I uh... feel like maybe the People's Republic of China and or Hong Kong's actual legislature itself have to pass you know, similar statements of intent or laws. Uh, but, hey, man, we're just trying to have fun over yeah. here. We're passing laws. We're, we're having nice some ideas. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's so good. Cop, uh, Hong Kong democracy is great. So are cops, apparently. Um, 
But what this letter is about, is, you know, Rubio has been about this this Hong Kong stuff from the beginning. You never can really trust anything that these right wing dudes are up in about you know democracy and oh complaining about all the all the atrocities China's doing because then you look at what they're doing over here and hmm. oh sure. I mean, look, regardless of what you think about Hong Kong and China, I think, like, arguing that the Republican Party is approaching this in good faith is uh, <laughs> maybe maybe uh, the height of, uh, of naivety. Yeah, this is, this is a full international politics, dumb bullshit trade war thing. Um, and we'll see where it goes, but uh, the funny thing is, of course, this letter is too late to actually do anything. It's like... Uh, the 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 outcome they asked for was already assured like four days ago. Well, it's the classic. I mean, it's a classic politician letter, yeah. right? Like this isn't anything. It's yeah. just. I mean, the only thing it does is, and I like if I was AOC's advisor, I would uh, be screaming about this because it's the like one of the dumber things she could sign on to. Because all it does is like it just like is a press opportunity for the Republican Party. Like yeah. I I don't know what this is other than like. A bunch of senators saying, like, yes, we support Hong Kong, which, like, if you're an American senator or an American representative, um, yeah, duh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. The free speech warriors, they're not here for the left. They're not going to support the left. They're not going to talk up when the left's right to free speech gets suppressed. So you gain nothing by signing on to them, uh, to their shit with this. No. Like, uh, what voters is, oh, I came together with Marco Rubio going to persuade? Because all the Marco, all the people who like Marco Rubio hate you. Like, it's not like, you know, they know exactly what they're doing. Uh, they're not. Well, gonna... and I mean, then the, the, the people who, I mean, you could, you can argue about like the mythical, uh, you know, Reagan Democrat who votes for. Uh, who, who feels like socialism is too much and would vote for Ocasio-Cortez if only she would make some compromises. But, like, when you bring up Ocasio-Cortez there, it's not... I mean, there's no chance. I mean, if you want to be honest uh, about Reagan Democrats, they're not voting for non-white people. Yeah, and they're not... They're certainly not voting for someone who is that in the media as Ocasio-Cortez is. I mean, she... She, of all people, should understand that she's essentially, like, persona non grata with those people if, in fact, they existed in the first yeah. place. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez is, uh, you have to manage how you feel about politicians. Uh, yeah, I'm, no, I'm feeling a... one, feeling good about politicians is a waste of time. Yeah, uh, so you, you, you know, you have to complain when they do shit you don't like. Uh, you, you can't be disappointed, you can't be, I mean, eventually every politician is going to do some shit you don't like. Sanders supported the uh, the sex worker law, uh, FOSTA mm -hmm. SEFTA, SEFTA yeah Fa FOSTA SESTA so, fa yes, um, and his foreign policy sucks shit for the most part. Gotten better a little bit recently, but nah. I mean, uh, you're never gonna have someone you really like. It's always gonna be a mercenary choice. Um, so you can hold the you have to hold these people accountable for the shit they do, uh, and. This probably shouldn't be a, oh, I knew she was going to betray us all along <laughs> moment. Uh, no, this is a moment of, oh, yeah, she's a politician. Yeah. Um, so, disappointed by it. We'll see where it goes from here. Uh, it looks just like it's dumb bullshit, though. 
Which... I don't really like. I guess the the dumbest thing about this to me is people stepping up to write a letter to Blizzard yeah. on behalf of like one person, mm-hmm. not because like the one person doesn't deserve it. I think out of anything, if I can like come down decisively on something, it's that. The guy who won the Hearthstone thing should just be able to keep his Hearthstone prize. Yeah, like, I, I mean, frankly, that, I think, think Blitzchung's coming out of this pretty well. I think he's got. Yeah, he, he is. He ha- he's going to get his cake and he's going to eat it too. Yeah, good. But I mean, like that's. Yeah. The, I think ultimately, that's where I'm at. I don't think Blizzard should just like take stuff away at a whim based on like <laughs> global politics. It seems like not the role of Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Um, however writing a letter in this way it's like so transparent so so transparently not about this kid and his money mm-hmm. it is so transparently about the po- the political situation and a an american group of politicians telling a an american company how to do their politics which is um much worse than blizzard uh screwing over one kid so you know it's 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 and i mean I guess I'd be okay if the American government was telling. Yeah, the yeah. I was going to say, as a centralist, I'd be fine with the American yeah. government telling companies how to do their business, so long as you know it was my politics being enforced. But right in this case, it's just it, there's there's no material change other than like be sure to support uh, the centralized idea of what America is. Everyone, free speech. Um, it's about free speech and free speech. Yeah. Is, it's just kind of like it's one of the stupider ideas we have to argue about these days because it does not it, it it's not ideologically coherent um nope and it applies in some ways for some people it applies in some ways for other people um and it's gonna be a lot of fun having to navigate those waters for the next 20 years and forever no no not forever the world's gonna end um but until the world ends <laughs> come on you're just being optimistic yeah Fair enough. Um, all right. So, what do you think about moving on? <laughs> Not never talking about China again. Yes. No, no, no. That's. I mean, come on. We're gonna have to. Yeah. But um, there is. A, speaking of um, failed leftist states replaced by hideous apocalypses, uh, Disco Elysium is out. Yeah, Disco Elysium's out. I um I've not played it yet, but I, I bought a copy from my from my good friend Creel, uh and uh of of my Creel and uh, creeltube.com. Uh so I'm excited to see what he makes of it because he's a big fan of detective games. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not sure. And also, I've played a little bit of it. I'm not sure it's actually a detective game. Yeah, although he's also a big fan of just like weird yes, games. Yes, it is one of those. Uh, <laughs> so the things we know about Disco Elysium, and I'll I'll ask you to mm-hmm. tell us more about it, John, because uh, I think I'm about three hours in at this point. So you're further than I am. Um, the uh, the thing about Disco Elysium is it is written by people who ostensibly we should know um, because they probably just like exist in our circles. Uh, they had the Chapo guys on. Uh, they made a Nick Mullen joke. It is basically I mean, just the left Twitter, the game, in, sort in a of. way. I mean, they're they're like I think they're an artist collective from somewhere in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not gamed. They they decided to make a piece of art and decided that, that piece of art would be a game. They weren't mm-hmm. game developers who decided to make a leftist treatise. Um, I believe they taught themselves at least partially to code for this. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, yes, they run in very similar political circles. Um, uh, show Alum, Felix, Felix Biederman, 
uh, voices a character yep. in this. Uh, Matt Crispin voices a character as well. Uh, you moderated the debate between him and Virgil on video games. Uh, clearly, he lost because he's in here as, <laughs> as a character. Because video games still and exist. They do. Um, so, yeah, I, I think all the Chapo guys are in here somewhere or another. Um, yeah, I I thought it was Felix, Will, and Matt, but no, I mean, it's, it's not. Virtual. Yeah, it, yeah, Will's. It's not important to to quibble mm-hmm. for sure. It's most of them, and also it's clearly, uh, it's clearly just like, um, you know, he, they they hired the Chapo guys because the Chapo guys are part of the, that community, yeah. and it's very much like a leftist game in that way. It's also extremely depressing and depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conceit, if you're not aware, is that it, you are trying to solve. Uh, a murder. Um, the murder itself is not actually what the game revolves around. The game revolves around you. Uh, you are a police detective who has drunk yourself into amnesia after a three-day bender, uh, <laughs> likely due to a uh, change in the relationship you've had with your now ex. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, and there's a lot of talk about how weird it is where you can, like, talk to your necktie and talk to random, you know, inanimate objects. But that stuff's a little bit more understated than I expected it to be so far. Um, There's a lot more talking to yourself and different aspects, like your skills. Those aspects of you will talk to you and advocate for you to do things. Hmm. Like, your alcohol addiction will constantly order you to drink. Um, okay. your, you know, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, and um, the skills are very good. The skills feel great. Um, the builds are fascinating. I, I saw a, a review at Eurogamer that says you don't get much choice. I think that's horse shit. I've wanted to restart three or four times just to try the different builds out um, because obviously you have to... The game is made for multiple playthroughs. Um, you have to... Naturally, yeah. You know, you have to set a character with different attributes from the beginning, one through five in four attributes, and they drastically change how the game plays. Like, one of the big things about this game is that it's like, you know, it has a million words of story mm-hmm. text written for it. And, you know, I That's a really lot of words. believe that because there's a lot of really boutique stuff done here. It's just, it's a, it's a, if you played the Baldur's Gate games, if you played Planescape Torment, if you played that genre, yeah. that's what, we're, what you're looking at. You're looking at box of text and then numbered responses. Some of those responses proceed, and it will tell you if a response proceeds. Um, some of those responses require skill checks, and you'll roll some dice to do a skill check, and the skill check will be modified by your various skill uh, rating in that specific area. The skills are weird. One of the skills is Inland Empire, uh, which <laughs> represents like how much you... Sort It's sort of like introspection and depression at the same time. Um, okay. You know, there's, uh, there's that alcoholism quote unquote skill I mentioned before that one shows up. Of course. Um, a classic skill that we love to have. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it, it, and it's, it's very well written so far. It's very depressing. Um, they do have character, like so far uh, I've seen a character use the, uh, use a gay slur twice, but they bleep it out each time. Um, I wasn't. Why? Why is it in there? Uh, for reasons. The character. I, I. I don't like it when they do that, but I think at least for the character that was using it uh, as a pure representation of hideous bad id, it made sense to, 
to okay. put it in there and then bleep it out. Um, so I, I wasn't that bothered by it. And they, you know, I'm not entirely against access to those words as long as they're used with intent. Well, that's why I was asking. Yeah. Like, what's the point of including um, it? And if there is a point in including it, then I suppose yeah. I understand. Um, and I and I think that the character that uses it, there are reasons for it, and they're going somewhere with it. Um, it's it, it it happens on a timer, but the timer's real time. So you wake up at like 7 a.m. or 9 a.m. or something, and the clock proceeds minute to minute, real time, uh, across the day. And obviously things change based on where you are in the day. Uh, so maybe you can't get into the kitchen until afternoon, um, which means you have two hours real time to kill. Now, there are ways to huh. force advance time, um, like reading certain things will force, well, you know, okay, reading this will take X amount of time, so the clock will advance by that amount. And obviously going hmm. to sleep will advance time that amount. Um, That's a classic yeah. uh, life hack that I've used in my That's own life. That's uh, true. I'm traveling forward in time, minute at a time. Um, but yeah, the uh, the game does, it has a, you know, things are on a timer, but the timer's seems to be real time and respects that. So you're never actually really that forced. Uh, but it does have, hmm. like, you can't actually spend forever investigating things, which links back into the replayability. Um, Interesting. I have no idea what the New Game Plus looks like, if there is a New Game Plus. Um, there's, a, there's an interesting system uh, called the Thought Cabinet, where you can, like, just take an idea and think about it for a long amount of time. And okay. that will give you bonuses to your stats. Um, and you can only keep a certain amount of number of thoughts in your head at a time. So, like, the one of the best strategies appears to be upgrading your thought cabinet first so that you can keep more thoughts in your head at any given time. Um, <laughs> okay. Which is a very weird idea. Um, yeah, that's not really how brains yeah, work, but, but that's like, a cool I, thought. I, I've got one thought off the bat. Uh, so I have amnesia, right? My detective has amnesia. Um... He has no idea. I'm glad you don't have amnesia. No. Uh, but so my detective has amnesia, and he, then he starts wondering based on a, a conversation he has with a guy he's in, he's interviewing about the crime. He wonders where his home is. Does he have a home? Is he homeless? And so I can equip that thought, like him thinking about, do I have a home? Am I hobo cop? Yes, hobo cop is is from the dialogue. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, where do I live? Do I live in the south? Do I live in the north? Um, and and this this world is a failed. Uh, you live in a failed state, a libertarian like free commerce zone that was created after the world governments came in and murdered the communist uprising in the area. Okay. Um, so technically, you're like you're you're police, but there isn't a government you work for. Like you work for, so you're yeah. just basically solving the crime for the sake of what the community. Yeah, or... like it's. I don't fully understand what the government system setup is there yet, but it seems like the you know the World Bank or the IMF or whoever's whatever organization is this world government is a stand-in for realized you need at least punitive cops down there, you know, scaring people and you know imposing quote unquote order even if there isn't, you know, a mayor or a city government or anything like that. Uh -huh. So we just, like, show up and bully people, it appears. Um, 
Okay. And, you know, there there's loading screen text that says people are willing to do things they wouldn't normally do because you're a cop. So feel free to choose the stupid and crazy dialogue options. Um, huh. Yeah, it does It does not seem like they are like the people who made this are a fan of that kind of style. But you know, this 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 seems fairly he heavy into the realm of satire. Uh, but it's interesting. I like it. I'm having fun with it. We'll see. It's not my game for this week. I've been playing another one. Um, but we'll see how how it goes when when I come back to it more. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm interested to hear what you think. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't have a lot to say about it, but I am glad that there is a game out by like the kind of people that we've been talking about this whole time. Like it's cool to have some serious leftists. And I mean, whether or not you actually like find them serious in the way you want them to be or not, obviously leftism is a, a world of contrast. There's a million options. Uh, no one's saying that you have to like Chapo or not like Chapo or whatever. Like I don't, you have a famous about tweet it. about this. I believe I do have a famous tweet about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, ultimately, it's cool to see these games made by people who identify, self-identify as leftists. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that is absolutely the exception as opposed to the rule, um, naturally. And uh, it's cool to see it uh, not being that way. So, I'm into it. I like it. Yeah. Are you... A feeling the same way or no i mean i'm gonna keep i've played three hours i'm gonna once we're done here i'm gonna boot it back up start um talking to my necktie again so <laughs> you don't have to start the game to do that my it's, friend well no, i'm not gonna be wearing a necktie in real life please do you own one i own five um five what colors are they uh one is blue with gold stripes another is sort of like an a red argyle with uh with okay. black things on it one, one is nice. just one of those normal like uh striped ones with the with the cross with the, the diagonal stripes in, those are in classic red, yeah uh and i believe like light gray or something um one is a sort of like i always thought it looked like a wallpaper it's blue and yellow also and then i have a solid black <laughs> all right i'm into it yeah. sounds like a good group and if they started, uh, if they ever, the sludge one. if they ever started talking to me, I'd burn them. Can't, can't be happening. No, that. come on. I'm not going to be lectured to by my necktie out of, out of a game. That's not very, that's not very communist of you. It's, uh, it's wearing a necktie at all is not communist. No, the necktie itself isn't the, an anti-communist thing. The, the, the symbolism it takes under capitalism is. Look, it's, it's a stupid piece of cloth, and I'm not going to wear it around my neck unless I have to. All right. Well. Agree to disagree. Use of capital. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone's okay with wearing like a scarf or something if it has some sort of reference to the international. So, all right, scarves are I useful. Don't know. They keep your neck clean. Keep you warm. Oh, boy. Well, you can use a necktie ne to keep no, your neck. No, no one has ever been kept warm by a neck. Why are you so? Why I never so said warm. I said you can keep your face clean with a necktie mm. if you'd like. If you're if you're not attached to how it has to look. <laughs> All right. Anyway, before we before this just like ruins the uh, the the friendship we've made over these past few years, um, let's see. Oh, here's something that I am very familiar with from seeing funny gifts. Uh, WWE uh, 2K20 2K20. or 2K19? I yeah, uh, looks horrible. Yeah, it's, it's 
fucking fantastic. It's it's awesome because the uh, studio they they handed it over to is called Visual Concepts. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are concepts of a sort of a sort. The concept is failure. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, the one I saw was the side by side of hair physics from two K nineteen and two K twenty, and it is embarrassing how much better the hair fix- physics are in two K nineteen. I mean, I'm looking. Yeah, the thing I'm looking at is the Rock's face for, across the ages <laughs> from WWE two K eighteen, which looks very good, uh, even though it's a it's a blurry low res pick. Twenty twenty, it, it, it doesn't look like him. Like it's just not him. Um, mm-hmm. like the tattoos are right and that's how you know it's the rock. Uh, and then there's the thing where like they put it next to a PS2 screenshot from 2003 and the oh, PS2 no. screenshot looks better. <sighs> oh, it's, yikes. It's, it's quite a thing. Um, and I mean, it, yeah. it, it truly, I mean, I, I've never, and this is a bald like, guy. He's my... bald. Like it doesn't even get into the hair physics stuff. The rock is bald. Yeah. Right. I mean, like I've seen, I've seen bad graphics uh, comparisons before. Like I've seen the, you know, like the two K games, mm-hmm. right? Um, they they you always see glitches in that, and it's like they're funny. Like I always like laughing at how like the ball just travels through someone's head, or like you know there was the Madden thing recently that someone posted where uh, their character gets an intercept. Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, the the other team gets an interception and like every single person on the team on their team tackles them but they just stand to keep doing their celebration like that stuff's extremely funny and i like it um but you can kind of understand that it's like it's just a glitch like okay some of this stuff happens but i mean it's not it's not as if like there's there's like i'm trying to think of how to say this it's not as if you're looking at and you're like this is how the game works like this is this is just how the game works and that's how i have to deal with it um this is just how the game works like there's no glitch here this is just how it works if it wasn't a 2k game i'd feel like this was a money laundering operation yeah it it looks like that i feel i literally feel like this game was made for sixty five thousand dollars or something by uprising um, PS2 assets, uh, badly uprising them, um, slapping together a port that doesn't work, um, uh, making it so that it at least like like that, making it so that it just makes the the console launch an emulator of a previous <laughs> generation um, engine and play I mean, that game yeah, for it you. Seems that way. Uh, and then of course uh, have. Uh, all the drug cartels you wanted to, and, you know, gray market Eastern European quote-unquote businesses slash credit card mills you wanted to launder the money from, just buy every copy of the game up. Um, right. It, yeah, that's, no, no, the classic scam. Yeah, this just, this doesn't look like a professional game. Um, I mean, it, it's 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 embarrassing. Yeah. I think anyone who's, like, I, I can't imagine, and I'm sure there are people on this who are very talented people who just kind of got caught up in a bad situation, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they are good at this. Like, that happens all the time in video games, but boy, can you imagine making this and having to put your name yeah. on it. I mean, I would be shocked if there's a credits on this. There's got to be Alan Smithies all over this thing. I mean, I'd, I'd hope so. Um, but uh, this, is, this is the first game that Ukes, uh, who I guess has, like, blackmail material on whoever the license holders are here because Yux has been making these games for like literally two decades 
and <laughs> like none of them have been good. Like there were some decent ones really early in the PS1, PS2 generation, but they've been coasting for as long as most of us have been able to drink. Um, That's the dream, right? Yeah, I mean it is. I, I'd love to have that that income for putting out subpar work, especially since I put out subpar work anyway. But this is just this is a step below what even Ukes has been doing, and Ukes has like sort of disavowed this. Like, Ukes um, uh, told this wow. is from the Kotaku article about it. Ukes told uh, VGC Video Games Chronicle in August in a statement that they would continue providing support to 2K with regard to the game engine. Like, we are not taking responsibility for anything to do with how this game looks, and they shouldn't. You should not want Goodness. to. Um, this is a professional disaster. I would. This is something I wouldn't put on my resume. Um, uh, this looks like a GameCube game. It looks like an N64 game. It looks like I, I launched... Uh, if not for the lighting, the lighting is maybe the one point outside of the resolution where this looks like a modern game. If not for the lighting, I could easily believe this was an up uh SmackDown 2 or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, it looks horrible. Like, I, if, if you haven't seen the actual shots yet, I, I, I implore you, go look at them. They are, I mean, truly, some of the worst uh, screen caps I've ever seen. And it's especially, like, okay, so there's, like, two, two tiers of graphics. There's the ring. So it looks like this is where they put all the polish, to the degree that this has polish. Uh, they put it on the ring. So when you go into a ring and you have a match in the ring, things generally look current generation. None of the faces are right. Most of the models suck. But they've got the right proportions. They've got the right uh, resolution. They've got the right lighting engine. As right. soon as this, the campaign story mode goes, like, backstage or to a cafeteria or something, you are in... GameCube ass GameCube land. It is like, and and not just that. Like things are clipping through each other. It sort of looks like you're playing with like you know. It sort of looks like like this game should have a WCW license or something. Amazing. Um, and it, you know, and I've been following. I haven't played these. I've never paid for one of these games, but I've uh, watched friend of the show Alex Navarro suffer through them uh, time and time again. Um, Everyone loves watching Alex suffer. Yeah, especially Alex. It's a national pastime. Um, and these just, like, it seems like they are daring consumers to stop buying these. Like, clearly <laughs> they still make some money. But, like, like they're, they're trying to find the floor below which things break and people stop buying it. And they haven't found that yet. Amazing. I just, I, I don't get why they haven't found it, mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't think that's naive of me either. Like, well, we're going to get in... these games are expensive, yeah. and it feels like even Madden players are sort of getting to a point where they're like, I don't really care about the new Madden anymore. I mean, like, Madden still is a huge business. I mean, the exclusivity is a thing. Sure. Um, and maybe we'll see some challenges to that because AEW was talking about putting a video game together. And that seems still mostly in the conceptual stage. Um, sure. There are a lot of, like, video game dudes in AEW's roster, starting with Kenny Omega. Um, and I think he and the Young Bucks, who are the big tag team over there, have been talking about, like, trying to mm -hmm. get with the former Aki developers, the people who made 
all those real old WCW and 64 games that people love. Uh, where you know, yeah, where you, yeah, yeah, I know the classic you know, ones that everyone liked. Yeah, like where you twist the stick to do the special or something. Uh, those guys, that studio at least, has rebranded to some other name, something Sophia, I think. And they do mobile games now. Um, but that doesn't seem like it's actually like in the works. It seems like something they're speak they're 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 ruminating out loud about. Um, but okay. if AEW's had a great showing from their launch, uh, oh, disclosure, I am also a professional wrestling guy now. I'm just not a WWE guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, giving money to the McMahon family, I just can't do it anymore. But I, I do follow <laughs> AEW and uh, New Japan. Um, so I've been following AEW closely, and they seem to be putting out a product that will probably stick around. Uh, so I would huh, okay. bet more likely than not that they will get a video game license at some point. Um, and I would bet that just because of how they will have to negotiate for it on the open market as opposed to just handing it off to 2K to uh, shovel into oblivion every year and just demand the customers come to them, it'll probably be a better product. Um, I mean, I would assume it is. It would be, yeah. I mean, it's like... I mean, that's nowhere near assured. Uh, it could be a disaster as well. Uh, and You know, wrestling games are always kind of like, do you make it a fighting game? Do you make it a... How much do you lean into wrestling being a real thing? My personal feeling is that, you know, the game should pretend that wrestling is real. Um, I also think, like, I think that's the only way it works. And I also think that, like, wrestling is a truly phenomenal physical act. Like, Mm -hmm. if you can wrestle at a professional level, you are doing something that most of us can't. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know, like the game should just respect that and just pretend like they're superheroes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like there are, there are ways that you, you can put together a game where wrestling is quote unquote fake. And I mean, you know, it is, I don't want to say where wrestling is scripted because wrestling is scripted. I wouldn't say it's fake. Those people are hurting themselves fairly, fairly in fairly real ways for your entertainment. Yeah. But you know, wrestling is scripted and, the way that you communicate, the sort of games through which that you communicate wrestling is scripted are like the like the soccer manager games or the uh, out of the park baseball games where you play the the promotion the person who heads the promotion and I think there are a couple games like that already where you where you run a promotion you do the booking you sign the guys you act like a weird carny libertarian everything's great you uh, cover up a murder from time to time because that's how you know wrestling works sure why not um. So, I don't see this ever... There's a lot of things I don't ever see getting better about the WWE, mainly because they're run by, like, insane crypto-fascist carnies, uh, (laughs) one of whom has a position in the Trump administration. Um, (laughs) You can't can't discount the the idea that more will soon. That's true. Um, so, you know, the WWE seems sort of like a lost cause, but there, there will be other decent wrestling games, uh, such as it is then that I, I'm sort of glad <laughs> that these WWE games suck and that they're mainly here to laugh at because I don't want those people getting richer. I mean, the, I, I'm sure people will buy this yeah, game yeah. and play it. I just don't understand why. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly, like there's so many games out there and if you wanted to buy one that didn't have good graphics, like you could just play ring of honor. Or I'm not sorry, not Ring of Honor. Um, that is a wrestling promotion, though. You got that. That's right. a wrestling promotion. What am I thinking of? Uh, uh, Fire Pro Wrestling. Fire Pro. Yeah, you could you could play Fire Pro. Like Fire Pro doesn't look as good as like 
photorealistic stuff, but it plays a lot it better. Cares about the wrestling. Yep. Um, I mean, Fire <laughs> so Pro. I, is I don't get it, but yeah. Um, I there are a lot of people who are really invested in WWE as a brand. I guess yeah. Not going to change quickly, but it is, I think, changing, and we'll see how it goes from here. Hmm. I hope they okay. keep releasing really shitty, insulting games, though, because that will make it change quicker. <laughs> a lot quicker, yes. Um, all right. Well, our last thing is uh, something that I really have. I, I've paid attention to it. Less. I, I have not you... played it. I don't play Fortnite. You've paid attention to it, yes, uh, because it's silly. Like okay, so you have to. All right, so oh, this is so. about Fortnite. Fortnite, yeah. Fortnite. Uh, chapter 2. The launch of Chapter 2. Before the launch of Chapter 2, they had to close out Chapter 1. Now, Fortnite, as you know, is a free-to-play game um, with a lot of things you want to buy. Uh, and the way that free-to-play games keep their user base is by constantly doing shit. Constantly wanting you online. Constantly making you play. So it was kind of weird when they took the game offline for like two days. <laughs> they had the entire <laughs> world swallowed by a black hole. Um, and so that, and like the only way you could interact with Fortnite for some amount of time, I think it was about 48 hours, maybe it was closer to 24, um, and this is after two years of being always on, was just by like going to their Twitch channel and looking at a black hole that maybe had like a, a, a mini game to play or something that was up (laughs) there. Um, and, and like, and there were clues, like Fortnite has a story, there's like this outsider dude who appeared like Fortnite months has a ago. Story? Yeah, um, I didn't say it was a good one. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, no, not gonna, I mean, I'm not going to talk. You don't have to. You don't have to lay that out. Obviously, it's not. Yeah. Good. I, you know, I'm sure that there are people who like it too much because um, there are people who like everything too much. But uh, it does not look appealing to me. But. Fortnite Chapter 2 is has launched, um, apparently has a bunch of new features, has a bunch of new stuff. I'm just, you know, I, I can't remember the time that someone, like, like I know servers go down for maintenance. Uh, when mm-hmm. when Path of Exile wants to change seasons, uh, the servers will go down for about six hours, I believe. Uh, yeah, Final Fantasy XIV yeah. knocks them out for a little bit, too. Uh, two days? Just happens. <laughs> two days? Two days. Yeah, two days is is pretty intense um although i will say it has uh it has created quite a uh quite a sort of sense of expectation if if the uh uh elementary school kids at my daughter's uh bus stop are any indication uh they are bustling to play some Fortnite. yeah they gotta see chapter two it was apparently it was almost two days and then as it launched they went down for maintenance for three hours nah (laughs) (laughs) brutal Um, yeah, no, it is, it's, you know, I feel like Epic understands that Fortnite is probably on the way out. Like, you don't, we've talked about this before, it's going to be popular, but you only have a certain amount of time as the game in the culture. Right, Um, sure. Naturally, yeah. So reinventing is, is a good idea, and I assume that they're, you know, the idea of turning Fortnite off for two days back when this game was at its peak was unthinkable. Um, you know, that was destroyed. If Fortnite had just gone down randomly for two days back in, like, late 2018, let's say, early 2019, that would have been, like, that would have shook some foundations. Um, but, you know, now we're, like, I want to say we're, like, two years, 18 months into Fortnite being the most dominant game on the planet. Um, 
and that that's not going to last for too much longer. It can't. Now, that doesn't mean it won't be big. Like, even PUBG is still huge. But, you know, eventually it's going to settle into a second or third rate tier. Now, Apex was supposed, was looked like it might be the Fortnite killer for a while. That didn't happen. Um, but it did split the market. Yeah, people are still yeah, playing. Oh, and Apex is still wildly successful. Um, right. Although they, they've been a bit weird on the monetization stuff. There hasn't been... Some people have been displeased by that, but people are going to be displeased with everything. Um, yeah, I mean, thinking about who's displeased by stuff is not a good way to no, gauge no. success in these. Um, you know, and, and Fortnite's going to keep losing little slices here and there to games like Apex, as, you know, I assume the new Call of Duty is going to cut into Fortnite significantly. Um, yeah, probably. And we'll see what happens with that and which streamers move over and all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, no, that going down for two days... For a story event, I assume those two days were needed to update everything and test it and make sure it all worked. Um, I mean, I can't imagine it was just a narrative yeah, gamble, yeah. no. Um, and honestly, I assume most companies would love to have two days that they can just turn things off and use the test prod to, you know, actually make sure that what they're about to do, you know, balance the server load, make sure everything's fine. I assume they, they did whatever testing they needed to do in those two days to make sure everything would launch. Didn't, it sounds like it didn't work great because they had to go down for maintenance immediately, but no live event. No, nothing survives a live event. And it sounds like it was a no. lot better than Diablo 3's launch. Um, so, no, I, I think a lot of... Damning with faint praise. Yeah, I think a lot of companies would love to be in the position where they can turn their servers down for two days and have people rabidly commenting on the Twitch channel about how how they're theorizing about what's going on. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're they're having a blast. I mean, Epic is loving this. Um, I just think it's kind of lame. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I think Fortnite itself is kind of lame because I am an old man now. Fair enough. All right. So uh, let's get to games. Yeah. What are you playing? I have reinstalled Hitman 2. Do you know how big Hitman 2 is now if you own Hitman 1 and reinstall Hitman 1 as well? I mean, it's got to be like, what, like 70 gigs? 152 gigabytes. What is it? 152 gigabytes. Wow. So that's Hitman 1, Hitman 2, and all of the included content that you get from the uh, like the season passes for Hitman 1. So we're talking escalations, extra level, not extra levels, extra mission types, all that sort of stuff. 152 gigabytes is still a large meal. Um, yeah, that's a lot. Uh, for Perspective, Destiny 2 in its entirety is 92 gigabytes, as I discussed last week. Uh, but Call of Duty, the new Call of Duty is going to be like 190. So to put that in perspective, um, I, I'm working my way through the story. Uh, I... I I've played all the Hitman games, except for the very, very first Hitman. I, I got into the series with the original Hitman, too. Like, the one yeah. where he's, like, John Wick, but Catholic. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, the setup in the original Hitman, too, is that Agent 47 has retired to the Italian, South Italian countryside. Um, he is the gardener for a uh, parish um, somewhere in Sicilia. Uh, the mafia comes and kidnaps his parish priest. Um, and so he goes out to the shed and does the Bugs Bunny. It's time for me to go back to the old me meme. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. His suit and his silver ballers, and then, like, sort of 
<laughs> this is like a 2004 <laughs> video game or something. Uh, so 2003, 2004. So the story is a bit specious, but involves other 47 clones and murdering ex-Soviet generals uh, and ninjas with sniper rifles. Um, you know, and, I, and I've played every every Hitman game since then. I sort of bounced off. Um, oh, I bounced off Absolution because Absolution was garbage. Um, okay. But I, I bounced <laughs> off Hitman and Hitman 2 just because they were so big. Um, the the other Hitman levels are a lot more focused. In, in previous games, before they did these reboots, the idea wasn't that you'd have, like, let's say, seven big maps per game. And the maps would be huge. And that you'd just do story stuff on each map, and then you'd be expected to go back to those maps, do the story content five or six more different ways, then do... <laughs> Like, yeah. 20 more challenges based on that, and then go back to those maps to do, like, uh, elusive targets on a weekly, like, target basis. The original Hitman series didn't have maps that were complicated enough to handle that. So, like, when I did Sapienza, the uh, second level of the original Hitman game, I got a two-hour silent assassin. I played... Whoa. Because I, I couldn't figure out how to get into the basement. Uh, you have to go into the basement at the very end to destroy like some some virus, um, and I couldn't figure out how to get down there because I knew there was a guy in a wine cellar I needed to find. But the rich man's estate has two wine cellars, and I didn't know about the second one, so <laughs> I ended up wandering around the entire level for like two hours, just okay. learning where everything was, what everything does, where all the enemies were. Um, there, I will not lie, I did some save scumming where I just got so angry that I pulled out a shotgun and started murdering people, uh, <laughs> murdering guards, uh, and then reloaded yeah. because I wanted to keep my silent assassin. But I eventually did. And, you know, a two-hour silent assassin, that's probably like four hours of actual time of me, like, alt-tabbing to Twitter and stuff like that. Sure. Um, so that put me off it for a while, but I'm back into it. Um, I'm playing it. But those, this is, it's the best the game's ever played. Um I, I still think that we deserve the action comedy, like the the black action comedy movie that Hitman should be. We've gotten like two. We got two, we've gotten two Hitman movies. One was a bad transporter ripoff with Timothy Oliphant, and another was the other one was like a direct to DVD, like Euro European action movie from like Eastern Europe that had bad CG and just a, a very silly story. Like the, Diana was like, there's two main characters in these games. Uh -huh. Agent 47, the guy you play as, he's a clone. He was raised from birth to murder people. He's kind of goo he's really like understated goofy, um, because he's like a Terminator robot, except he like, yeah. walks around in clown outfits or as Santa Claus <laughs> or as the drummer in a rock band. And, like, he throws briefcases at people or wrenches at people. And he's always, like, he's just completely flat affect, deadpan everything. And then he's got his handler, Diana, who is, you know, gives you the missions and does the mission briefings. Uh, and I think in, like, the, the 2012, 2015, whatever it was, the second movie, she was, like, his sister or something. It was stupid. Uh, we Weird. really need a we need a action comedy hitman movie where this serious like, bald monster of a man is going around dressed as a chef with a knife and throwing it at people from, like, five feet away, or cutting chandeliers so they fall on people, or just doing all the goofy shit that Hitman games allow you to do, because it's really a very, very funny game. 
uh, when you get down to it. And, and what's another thing is like, so you're always going around the world, right? Like Sapienza, Italy, Bangkok, mm-hmm. um, Thailand. Uh, I think you, Colorado at one point. <laughs> um, I believe you go to Japan later. All the voice actors just sound Californian. It's just all like L.A. cattle car casting call guys. No one has any kind of accent. They're all Californians. It's amazing. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. It sounds like such a good B movie. Yeah, yeah, it is basically a B movie. I like it a lot. Okay. Yeah. No, I've actually been meaning to play it for a while, and I'll be having a podcast guest fairly mm-hmm. soon, um, talking about Hitman with me. So uh, I will be booting that up. I have uh, I have it somewhere or another. I never really played it that much, but it's always tickled my fancy. Yeah. And you've uh, you've convinced me. Um, I have been playing two games, uh, and they relate to upcoming uh, podcast guests. Uh, the one was uh, Jenny LeClue, mm-hmm. uh, Detective which is uh, an absolutely charming and fun game. Uh, it plays a lot like Night in the Woods. Um, it is completely different tonally. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other things going on in it. Uh, it is a great reimagining of Nancy Drew without, well, also kind of like hitting the Nancy Drew style kind of perfectly Mm -hmm. it's uh it's a great game it's something i would definitely recommend uh to anyone who's like not necessarily looking for something challenging but looking for a really really good story uh i feel like it does this really and i won't give away too much because there'll be a podcast on it but you know like i i think the the thing it does is it gives you a ton of choices but it doesn't make any of the choices feel like Oh, you know, like I have to, I have to really agonize over this. Like you kind of have a sense of what your character would do, mm-hmm. um, and you do it, and like that is just kind of the game. It's it's very fun. It gives you a set character, and it has like, you know, like so few games do now. You have to put yourself in someone else's shoes. It's uh, it's great. It's really fun. And um, the other game is Neocab, uh, which is by Patrick Ewing, oh. not the basketball player, who. Uh, also worked on Firewatch, and uh, it's neat. It's a cool game. I'm not through that game yet, but that is a game that is um, I think it, a little different. It also is sort of like a visual novel e mm-hmm. kind of game. That's, uh, I think it, I uh, see that. It's one where you basically play a, cl- a cab driver, and the gameplay is talking to your fares. Pretty much, yeah. And you have to sort of like live the gig economy a little bit. Um, it's very futuristic. It's very uh, much a game that... You'll hear a lot of people complaining about SJWs, uh, so you know politically it makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's neat. It's like it's a very immersive game, and it makes you feel stressed, but also kind of interested. All the mechanics seem complicated, but they work super well. Um, it just works. Like it's a really smart game, and it's written beautifully. Um, so both of those games, if you're looking for more of a story or a narrative, I would play those. They are uh, fantastic. They're really really good. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, I've been thinking about getting to NeoCab. I have so much shit on my plate right now. Well, it is. Uh, I should. I, I would be remiss not to mention that it is. Both games are on the uh, Apple Arcade. Mm. So if you want to do your free month, those are two good games to play. Nice. I, I see we've finally gotten the Apple uh, sponsorship. Oh, I wish. <laughs> um, no, I only say that because, uh, from what Patrick says, it's not like. They don't necessarily get the same kind of money they get other places, mm-hmm. but they do get recognition and it counts like it can help them uh, if you even play it on Apple Arcade. So I figure, well, you know, that's kind of the best of all worlds then. 
Well, John, uh, you told me next week is going to be different. It's going to be hoping, new. It's like, going to be we've wild. Got, we've got the Outer Wilds coming out. We should have some actual fucking news. Like, we're getting to the point of the year where games, serious games are dropping. Holiday season should be big. Okay, um, I'm excited. I'm getting I'm getting pumped for holiday season. But even though we have some slow stuff these days, it is always fun to have you on and talk with you about this stuff. It's always fun. Thank to you be again here. for thank you again for being part of this uh, this little this little project we've been putting yeah. together. And uh, I hope you have a lovely week. Nice. I, I will try. Go Astros. Yeah. I guess. I go Nationals. Whoever. Yeah. Go Nationals. It really doesn't matter who wins in the AL. All right. Night. Later.